It is that time of year on Josh Nason's Punch-Out as I begin my year in review series for everything that happened in the world of professional wrestling for 2023. We kick things off month by month. We start with January, of course, that is the first month of the year. Helping out this time, Andrew Thompson of Post Wrestling makes his return, I believe, for year three. And we go for two hours and do every single thing. Well, not every single thing, but most things that happen in pro wrestling in January, which included the return of Vince McMahon to WWE and all the machinations that happened leading into that. We talk about the unfortunate passing of Jay Briscoe, what that meant for the industry, his coworkers, and everything in between. What also meant for his brother, who got an opportunity to compete finally in AEW after his passing. We talk about that story and all the other happenings. It was a wild month and a lot of things that set the scene for a crazy, crazy, crazy news-filled 2023 around the table here. So let's get her into it. You're never going to hear a series like this anywhere else, this level of detail, month by month by month, 12 episodes looking at the year in review in pro wrestling kicks off right now with Andrew Thompson of Post Wrestling in the month of January. Well, it's been about a year, but uh, this man has not gone far away from my heart. Always thinking about him because he's always doing such great stuff for post-wrestling, doing some interviews, getting back into that. And uh, I got a chance to actually meet him for the first time. We're just talking about this a year ago in beautiful Newark, New Jersey at Full Gear. (laughs) And uh, glad to have Andrew Thompson of post-wrestling back in the house. Andrew, thanks so much for, uh, for dropping by again. I believe this is year three you've been doing this, if I remember right. Yes, man. I am uh, very excited to be part of the, I'm, I'm assuming the tradition now. And am, yes. I, am I becoming what, what people will refer to as a as a staple, if you will? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate you inviting me back, man. I always uh, look forward to doing these. Yeah. But yeah, when I was making out my list of uh, past guests, I'm like, yeah, you were you were right, right at the top. So I'm like, all right, let's figure out a good month to get you in. And I mean, might as well you know, lead off. I mean, this is a, a crazy month. So for those that have never heard this um, this series before, it is the, we basically go through every single month of the year in terms of pro wrestling, a year in review series, unlike any other. And we do, yeah, so this will be all folks on January, then I'll have a different guest for February and so on and so forth. We'll run these through uh, the first week of January to make sure we get everything in in uh, February. So what we do is we go through, I go through all the big headlines, every single thing that we published on F4W online, um, every single headline I go through and I pull out what I think were the most newsworthy, you know, quotable, interesting stuff. And, uh, you know, we don't get into the minutia of every single thing that happened on Raw or Dynamite because we'd be here for probably three days. <laughs> we're not the laps fan, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, we get into a lot of stuff from WB, AEW, Impact, Japan, uh, Junk Drawer, um, NXT, and, and kind of everything in between. So we'll get into it. So this month, I was kind of looking there, and you and I were talking there. This was a crazy month with a lot of stuff that we actually forgot happened, actually happened. We'll start with uh, WWE uh, this time around. And it, for two big reasons, actually three big reasons. So we'll get into one that's non-business, which is, uh, I mean, non-behind-the-scenes business, which is the Royal Rumble. Uh, everyone's favorite uh, January mega event from WWE. 
And I kind of go through some of the the, the big notes here because this uh, kicked off a, a very interesting and fun, I would say, three, four months, give or take, for, for WWE. Uh, Cody Rhodes won the Men's Rumble. Uh, Rhea Ripley won the Women's Royal Rumble. Of course, so they were both able to call their shots for WrestleMania. We'll get more into that in a second. Nia Jax and Chelsea Green made their returns in the Women's Royal Rumble. One was expected. One was not, I would say. One of the big developments of the night, however, Roman Reigns defending the uh, undisputed universal title over Kevin Owens. Bianca Belair retained her title. Bray Wyatt won the pitch black match over L.A. Knight, which feels like, again, eight years ago at this point. But the big Mm -hmm. news out of the Reigns match, of course, was this um, very dramatic uh, close, which was ended up being Sami Zayn turning on the bloodline. So we finally had a major development in this uh, long run storyline. Of course, it's still going today. But uh, basically, Reigns wanted Zayn to continue to show his allegiance to the bloodline. Wanted him to hit Kevin Owens with a chair after the match. He refused, ended up hitting Roman instead. Um, Jay Uso, event, you know, the, Jay Uso was not down with how uh, how that happened with uh, Roman Reigns and uh, and uh, Jimmy Uso then attacking Solo Sokoa, attacking Sami Zayn, which had been building for quite some time. Jay Uso uh, def- basically just left the whole scene. That was a whole angle to this, and then. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn reuniting at the end. This was a pretty major development. Pat McAfee returning to WWE commentary said later his original plan was return in the actual Rumble match itself, which did not happen. The show set uh, Rumble Live Gate and viewership records. No big surprise there. And then uh, Ray Mysterio was supposed to be in the Rumble, then got injured on SmackDown the night before and had to be pulled. But this was a a newsworthy event again with the the latest development in the Bloodline and a major one at that that set up some interesting things. And of course. You know, Cody Rhodes and uh, Rhea Ripley winning their respective matches, setting them up for a uh, a pretty uh, newsworthy road to WrestleMania. Yeah, for sure. That 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 was a very uh, newsworthy Royal Rumble. As the Royal Rumble, it tends to be uh, every year. I'm sure it'll be the same in what two months time. Right. We have the next the next Royal Rumble in uh, was it Tampa, Florida. But yeah, look, looking back at that 2023 Rumble, man. Like, okay, so th- this is something I, I gotta. Uh, I gotta address right out of the gate the uh the, the Cody Rhodes Royal Rumble winning on his road to you know eventually headline of WrestleMania with with Roman. I, I still to this day think that it would have been a good call for him to go on to win the undisputed WWE Universal title. But I was very much one of those people who was like, they will never be able to duplicate that same. I guess big match feel that that match had in 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 LA. I I, I just didn't believe I, I was I couldn't believe that they didn't capitalize on that at the time. And I was very much one of those people who was like they they missed the boat. It they they they, they can't get that same aura back. They can't get that same feel back. Until Josh, I'm pretty sure as you know, when uh Roman and Cody had that face off on SmackDown, mm-hmm. was that a couple of weeks back coming out of Fast Lane? Mm-hmm. And dude, I saw the reaction to that and the reaction that it got on social media and also just the reaction in the audience and how people were so amped for that. And I was like, I might have to dog walk my statement back. I was like, cause I, cause I, 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 I am here right now on, on, on Josh Nation's podcast to officially retract my prior statements about them not being able to uh, duplicate that same feeling. Uh, yeah. Yes, I am. I am walking this statement back 100%. Because I, I, I just did. Like at the time, Josh, and I, I'm, I'm sure you, felt a similar way it was just like it, it was the perfect setup to make that switch and that transition but then you know as as the months go on you know you hear about the endeavor sale and like things changing and you know things always changing within wwe and stuff like that you, you know I, it, it's i guess it started to make more sense but i i just needed to 
to, I guess, get that one shot of Roman and Cody and see how people reacted to it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. And, and I, I think that Roman Cody, too, might be bigger than Roman Cody one, especially now that you have the story attached to. I was just more so wondering about like, what, what, what you thought in that specific moment when they didn't go through with the switch and then fast forward to how you felt when you know they had to face off and and what you think that could mean for the the future if they are able to get to Roman Cody too in, in Philly yeah I uh I was I think as many people were surprised when Reigns won at Mania I was kind of disappointed just because I thought that seemed to be the you know the logical next step but they wanted to clearly kind of keep going with this whole bloodline thing and you know I think it's get you know it has been some dips uh I think any good storyline as we've seen in you know AEW with um uh, I think with the MJF Adam Cole stuff that there are certainly dips when it comes to a long running storyline that you have to kind of work around and sometimes storylines and last a little bit too long. And I think there's some, you know, some parts of this still are, I still would have had Cody win I, it, whether it's going to be just as big in, um, in mania, if they do it again, I think it will, it all depends on the build and and how they can really hook people in, they can certainly do it. You know, I, I think they can, they can certainly pull off what they can't do is if they go that route, they can't have Cody lose again. Cause yeah, at that, yeah. at that, at that point, I think you're just going to lose. You're just going to lose the people to the fans. Not, not like, you know, everyone's going to be turning it off. To, I'm never watching yeah, yeah, this yeah. again, but it's, <laughs> it's going to, you're at some point you have to pull the trigger on stuff. They didn't pull the trigger with Zane or McIntyre or Rhodes the first time. I think at some point, like you have to, and I think it'd be good for, the product i think it'd be a good change roman's not on a lot and if he doesn't want to be and he wants to pursue a different career that's fine but i don't think he should be the champion while doing it. i didn't love when they had that with lesnar taking the belt and just kind of leaving for months yeah. on end i think your champion is one of my big things in wrestling which i think promotions have kind of got away from is like to me you're, you're world champions that's going to be the the top thing that everyone else in whether male you know females have their world champion but you know they have to constantly be like the reason I'm doing this is to get that title. And that's something I think has been lost in wrestling. So I think to have Cody win it, I think would be a, uh, he can't lose it again. Put it that way. Like if they're doing yeah. this again, it, it's it's time to do this. And if they don't, I, I don't know what to say. Josh, do you remember, I, I, don't, I don't know if you have any regulation because this was, again, this is a long ass time ago, but do you remember when, uh, when we were covering November 2021 for, for this exact same podcast? And I said that AEW, when Hangman, beat kenny for the title it felt like the end of chapter one of AEW and the start of chapter two yep that's that's exactly what i feel like i mean i don't at this point WWE, i don't know what damn chapter we on but i feel like that will be (laughs) like like cody beating roman that'll be like the close of this current chapter of wwe and moving into the next chapter uh however they choose to go about that I, i don't think it'll be like as drastic as like I, I think that we'll definitely get a rematch if if they again if they are doing Roman Cody two at Mania forty I think that we'll get like a rematch like a SummerSlam or you know somewhere down the line in, in the summer we'll get a rematch between those two but I feel like that'll be like the next transitional on screen phase for like the the product as it can as it continues to move forward uh you know as they go on and stuff like that but yeah I I I, I definitely just wanted to you know make sure that that, that I retract my uh prize statements because I. <laughs> I, I was very much on that bandwagon that they can't replicate it, but it, it seems like they might have the uh, opportunity to. But but I did want to touch on the uh, the the Sami Zayn bloodline storyline. Like, dude, he he added so much new life to that thing because it it 
like even to this to this day, like it's still, you know, like you say, it has its ups and downs. Like I, I get any storyline, but like when that thing was going on, and Sami Zayn joined in, I mean, when he became more of a focal point in it, he added so much new life to it, and just added like a whole new layer and so many other things for them to bounce off of that he he made it. Even on those weeks when it deemed, when it did seem like okay, we need to move this thing along, Sammy Jane, Sammy Zayn made it more digestible. I would agree. I would agree. Now, speaking of uh, second chapters and things that are less digestible, Andrew, the return of Vince McMahon. <laughs> so we started hearing these rumors beginning of January or so that uh, McMahon was plotting his WWE return, and he did so by electing himself back to the board of directors. This is what happens in wrestling, Andrew. As you know, is, is now it's not just about you know, learning the difference in different moves and champions and remembering all this history and all this stuff. We have to understand about bylaws and uh, we have to understand about um, uh, board movement and, uh, and, and how corporations work. It's a, it's this weird, really uh, weird angle that uh, uh, lane that a lot of us have had to learn about. Uh, so, <laughs> so he, uh, so basically he got himself back in the board of directors. He did so by repealing these uh, bylaw amendments uh, and he was able to figure that out. There was a new lawsuit filed uh, against him uh, during a, a lot of this stuff because WWE uh, chairman Vince McMahon returned back to the board of directors in January, caused two board members to resign. Again, there was a shareholder lawsuit, a few of them trying to keep him out of the mix. Uh, Stephanie McMahon resigned as WWE co-CEO and Nick Khan took over as full CEO. Uh, Vince was named executive chairman, as I mentioned. Uh, I learned later that Nick Khan was a quote-unquote buffer between the McMahon family members and kind of working through all this. Uh, along the way, McMahon uh, before us agreed to a multi-million dollar settlement with uh, Rita Chatterton, who accused him of rape. Of course, uh, everyone knows that story from the past. He's not talked, assumingly, under an NDA as part of this agreement. So he's kind of clearing the decks, so to speak, even though a lot of stuff still remains, even to this day, as we're talking in November. A lot still remains from everything get uh, got accused uh, about him uh, back in June 2022 at this point. And Triple H held a talent meeting prior to both Raw and SmackDown. But of course, um, you know, the, the Vince was gone. It was kind of Triple H's run of the creative. So a lot of people have questions on how this is going to work. A uh, quote unquote massive de- uh, Netflix docuseries McMahon is still in the works. And as we sit here in November, mm-hmm. there is going to be a day, I believe it's early next year. I think it's going to come out where if I remember hearing that right. Um, yeah. W employees yep. were told McMahon's return is not going to change day to day operations. And again, just uh, one of many uh, different class action lawsuits were filed against McMahon. This was a um, a big mess, and this we're leading into what we'll talk about more in, in a minute was a sale uh, or the uh, the beginning talks of sale while McMahon was returning. But again, he was gone for about six months uh, or so, and I think there was this feeling of would he come back ever, or is that going to be kind of his swan song out in a disgraced fashion uh, back uh, in the summer of 2022? Uh, jokes on us. He came back and he wanted to facilitate a sale. And in a sense, he kind of did do that, not an outright sale, but more of a merger. Talk about that in later episodes and, and everything. But this was, uh, this was quite a, a dizzying spin, uh, or a, uh, amount of news in how he was able to maneuver his way back, uh, bringing people Man. with him. And, uh, I, I mean, I say what a mess, but he in the end he was able to get what he wanted, and I don't at, at this point I feel dumb thinking that uh, you know why didn't we see this coming that he was going to get back in one way or another. It's it's Vince McMahon, and this is what he does. 
exactly i was kind of the same mindset like when it was all, like cause I, I'm, I'm sure you remember like when there was those like rumblings in like late december that he was making that he was going to make it as well. i think it was the wall street journal yeah because I, I i know they they were all over joe, joe palazzolo and ted man from the wall street journal they were all over that story from the summer 2022 all the way through and i remember they had released some like additional reporting like in late 2022 about you know vince trying to make his way back and then of course that thing things became official and it was more so it, it, the, the way that it was framed was like it was more so about him coming in to help facilitate the sale like you said but still like he, again it, it, it's not surprising that it that he you know essentially strong-armed his way back in but it, it's it's just like kind of ridiculous in, in the sense that with the already existing sexual assault allegations and the you know the misconduct allegations the hunch money allegations that he was able to just get his way back in just like that and 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 i always found like and it, it went, I, I remember when talent would, would get interviewed after that happened and I, I i don't blame you know talent for you know taking the uh the, the generic answer approach because like what else are they going to say like they i, I remember mm-hmm. there was a abundance of talents like i think kevin owens uh gunther was asked and like a, a couple of other people and they would just take the oh you know we're just focusing on the in-ring aspects i mean what, like what, what else are they going to say in that situation but it is it, with Vince, I'm I'm like never surprised when when situations as such uh, arise and he did strong his way strong arm his way back into a position of power. Like one one thing I was curious like to talk about uh, with you, Josh, was like how um it it did seem like I, I saw a lot of comments. I remember from this time that a lot of like wrestling media got a lot of I guess flack for not being like on this story and and what I assume when people use that use those phrases and, and remarks as like not being the ones to break it and i was just like more so of i i don't think that uh that a story like that with the visit man misconduct allegations when it first was initially reported in the summer of 2022 would have had the same impact that it had in terms of reach opposed to you know joe palazzolo and ted man's story coming from the wall street journal and and like i was just more so curious about how you like th- what would you think about that because I, I did see a lot of comments ab- about that like around the time when this was all going down and i was i i yeah. I, I, I just didn't think that wrestling media would have had the reach or the or the impact like i think it would have been covered it would have been you know it would have spread around but i don't think that it would have made the i guess impact that it did as far as like vince having to or choosing to resign from his role as, as ceo of wwe if that would have came from a uh, primarily wrestling media based sure. outlet opposed to a mainstream outlet in in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, there's 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 relatively no way that a regular re- wrestling outlet would have been able to break this because you need it, it. It's you're talking about a publicly traded company, so you need a a lot of intel, a lot of research, and a lot of resources. <laughs> you know, um, and I and I think to to I mean, news organizations have um. Again, and the guys that broke it are not like wrestling writers, so they had like had to get like they had to work for sources, they had to uh, corroborate, they had to uh, get facts, and they had the power. Again, the Wall Street Journal, with the, the biggest uh, news organizations in in North America, and this is I, I'm gonna say it's like big boy media, but I mean this is like I mean this is a a, a major 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 media company. This is the type of media companies you expect to break these type of stories now you know wrestling me is uh, there are some that are capable of it but there's a 
there's a lot of like, uh, you know, big J journalism that goes into this stuff and you have to, it's a lot of work. And again, it's a lot of resources that frankly, you know, a lot yeah. of us that do this don't, don't have. And there's also, yeah. um, the skill set that a lot of people don't have as well. See, I'm, I'm, this, is this is a, again, just based on different layers and things like that, they're going to be the, the, the guys that did this, uh, uncovered this and continue to do reporting. I were so well-sourced that this is, mm. You know, th- there's no way a wrestling outlet is going to be a do. Is it just they just don't have the the insight and they don't have the um, they also don't have the gravitas. You know what I mean? If, if someone says the Wall Street Journal is going to expose the CEO of a publicly traded company like this, that's going to hold a lot more weight than if you know uh, F4W Online does or Post does. It just it's in terms of like getting out there to be a big nationally covered story. Um, yeah, it just they just don't take wrestling media seriously. That's kind of the 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 end all be all. Exactly, and, and I would be. I'm, I'm pretty sure you've seen like some of the articles, like some of these, uh, even some of the mainstream media outlets when it was happening. They would use like the the photo of Vince McMahon, like with the bald head, and like him, like you know what I'm saying. Like, like it just goes to show what you just said. Like some of these out, they don't really take pro wrestling serious. So I can only imagine if a wrestling primary based outlet were the ones to break this story, it would they would probably just look at it like I mean. You know, but because of the Wall Street Journal and, you know, their reach and them being well sourced, they was able to, you know, get get a little bit more reach out to it. And I uh, I remember when uh, Joe Palazzolo and Ted Man, they had went on Busted Open Radio like shortly after, I think like a month or a, a month or so after the initial reporting had happened. And, and they had talked about how they've been working on the story since April. And, you know, the the the, re- the main reason they they decided to get into this story was because of the, you know, the relationship between uh the reporter you know the uh, relationship that existed between Vince McMahon and the the, the paralegal and, and that, that that's that just that whole uh structure you know within that with the the power play and, and stuff like that with him being a head of a company and you know a, having a having a paralegal and stuff like that and you, you know what I'm saying it, 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 I, it was just very interesting like reading their comments about like how like what what made them decide to get into this story and decided to break it down. But again, that took three months Was that three, two or three months of them like plotting this out and like getting the accurate information and then releasing a story and then releasing additional story. So like, it's I, I, like, again, like when I was just seeing like those comments about like how, um, you know, rest, I was like, how, they was like, how can wrestling media not or wrestling media member not get on this? I'm like, I, I don't think that there was uh, anyone that could have, got into the and got into the weeds of this the way that a wall street journal got into the weeds of this just all based on pure access exactly yep and of course this led to um sale talks we started hearing about this the main reason that mcmahon said he was coming back which some people are skeptical about but you know as we it, know he uh, was, yeah go ahead uh, you mind if i add in something real quick josh yeah man i ain't gonna cut you off oh but uh yeah because i read it chatted and she added um like 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 a month after the initial Reporting came out because do you remember do you remember when they they ran that article about her in new york magazine the updated mm-hmm. version last yes. year she had did it she had did an interview with uh cheap heat productions and it like the, the, like i said they had the piece on her in new york magazine and like she initially she had been contacted for that piece because she got accept she was accepting an award from like the international pro wrestling hall of fame you know and then that's when the uh vince hush money story arose the initial story that broke and then they contacted her again for additional report additional questioning and like she said that she wasn't surprised vince was back in the headlines for what he was in the headlines for and she was more so surprised that it took this long for him to be back in the headlines so 
somebody that has a, a history with him, a documented history that has gone to, you know, his legal phases, uh, as you had mentioned earlier, like just saying that, you know, she wasn't surprised that this happened again. It was more so surprised that, you know, it took this long for something like this to happen again. I think that holds a lot of weight when you talk about the grand scheme of, of all these allegations and, and, and you know, uh, sexual misconduct allegations and, and, and assault, uh, you know, allegations that are out there against them. Yeah, very true. So again, the uh, so the part of may return the settlement, all that stuff as you mentioned, uh, was due to sale talks. It ended up being uh, legitimate. Uh, J.P. Morgan was hired to lead uh, the company's uh, sale talks. Uh, company was looking to be sold by mid two thousand twenty three, which is you know all this is going on. It's just so crazy. I think that you know six months after McMahon was gone, he's coming back, and the company is going to be trying to be sold, but by the summer, it just seemed insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some reports that uh, Stephanie and Triple H opposed the sale. WWE and the uh, the cons, uh, and and not uh, Nick Khan, Tony Khan, and Shad Khan <laughs> were uh, noted as potential buyers. We'll talk more about that in a second. And there was this crazy report. I think this was on a Tuesday night, if I remember right, during NXT. This uh, the story broke, which ended up being completely erroneous. Which was um, WWE had been sold to a uh, <laughs> public investment fund. The I mean, wrestling internet just absolutely just broke in half. I mean, <sighs> this was absolutely crazy. And of course, WWE <laughs> did not release a statement or anything like that. So everyone's like, "Is this really happening?" And people are just jumping to oh, conclusions, wish casting, all this stuff again because no, you know, no one was saying anything, and major outlets were like. Uh, yes. getting involved it's like you know and non not just non-wrestling but then uh whatever and uh yeah and then all of a sudden yeah it turned out uh, i think the next day they, they released a statement it, it yeah, took it a long time very strategic how they did that and they said no there's no uh uh no truth to the rumors that we're being sold to the public investment so they talked to him we learned that at some point but the uh yeah, yeah this was uh that was when it comes to kind of this in january the early sale talks i will never forget that night because it was just everyone <laughs> everyone was going banana on uh, on social media is crazy dude I, I i remember seeing like the, the reporting when that and i'm like <laughs> again th- this goes back exactly to that um that conversation that we just had about the wall street journal mm-hmm. dude if 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 that was a story that were to be broken that story is going to be broken by either wwe themselves or a outlet as, as such as we previously mentioned mm-hmm. but it is not just going to be filtered out through a tweet you know what I mean? yeah right right you yeah. know you know what i'm saying like it is but, but but again you know it it it, it 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 takes balls i guess to jump on a story like that and, and put your name behind it but at the same time man it's like uh like I, I i remember when i when i saw some of that stuff on and, and people like you said people was going crazy i was just like i'm i, I was like 100 or 99 percent sure that the next day it was probably gonna get debunked by like some other outlet and it was just gonna be like uh but that that that, that, that was definitely one of the funnier nights on, uh, on twitter i never forget that as well <laughs> uh good stuff all right so let's go over some of the rest of the uh the news in wb for the month of january there's a lot of it so i'm going to go in this uh First chunk here is I'm looking at my Google Doc, and I'll kick it over to you for thoughts about any of this stuff, and we'll move on to the uh, second chunk here. Uh, the road WrestleMania begun, began, uh, rather, Rhea Ripley challenging Charlotte Flair, Cody challenging Roman Reigns, John Cena and Austin Theory reportedly filmed a segment at the uh, at a December SmackDown, so there was some uh, thought that maybe we're going to see that at WrestleMania 39. 
We learned that Stone Cold Steve Austin was not expected to wrestle at Mania 39 and that the Austin versus Lesnar match was pitched. Of course, that did not happen. Uh, I'll learn more about that from Austin in later months. 39, uh, before the, of course, months before the event even happened, your tickets were on sale, already had broken the largest gate record in uh, WrestleMania event history. Triple H talking about The Rock and him being at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns, just saying, "Ah, I just don't think it's in the cards. We had Raw 30. So that happened, which featured a, a lot of returning stars, Hulk Hogan, Diamond Dallas Page, Ric Flair, and tons of others. Uh, later, we learned Flair said he apologized to Becky Lynch while he was at Raw 30 for all the stuff with the man and the lawsuit and all that mm-hmm. crazy stuff. The Bellas got in the news, calling out WWE's lack of women's evolution and representation on Raw 30. And then eventually kind of walked it back a little bit the next day, explaining some of their critical comments and uh, and so on and so forth. That was a odd uh, series of events uh brock lesnar and almost returned for uh the beginning of a uh, real rumble season so that would happen early up again before the rumble uh triple h explained why he restored austin theory's first name and the reason was he thought it was strange just to keep saying theory so that was a free <laughs> explanation he said it was weird so good for him uh shelton benjamin celebrated 20 years in wwe Bray Wyatt, I, I clue this in there because this just really stuck out to me. It's just kind of this, you know, sad footnote. Uh, he was talking yeah. in an interview saying he was reminded of Brody Lee every single day. And of course, uh, you know, later in the year passing away in his own, just a sad uh, series of events there. Uh, Charlotte Flair revealed that her uh, dental surgeries led to an extended absence. Devon Dudley announced his departure from the company. Dewdrop opened up against a, open up about a health scare that caused her long absence, which was due to COVID. And they were worried about some potential heart concerns. And all that, but she is a uh, fine, of course, back in action as we sit here in November. Uh, Stephanie McMahon underwent ankle surgery, major news there. And then uh, John Cena <laughs> revealed as the WWE 2K23 cover star and his return to SmackDown uh, during an episode uh, boosted their viewership to the best in two years. Thoughts about any of that? Uh, but uh, yeah, it, 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 a, a lot, a lot of this stuff is is um, notable for, from from the time that that it, that it was happening because uh, I remember covering a lot of this stuff. Um, it's uh, like w- w- one thing that I did want to touch on is like I, I see a, <laughs> one of the more uh, funnier things is that the, the 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 theory, if you will, that that John Cena is not a fan of Austin Theory at all, considering he get, he Cena worked a. Um, I, I I would say a fairly good match against Solo Sokoa at uh at Crown Jewel, which I was very surprised by actually. Like I, I ain't gonna lie, I thought it was gonna be the shits when I when I first saw the match announcement, but it was it was actually good. And to compare that to Cena's uh performance against Austin Theory, where uh Cena had did an interview after and he was like, Well, I mean, that's all I got. So, you know, I, I apologize to Austin Theory. Like I always laugh when I see people say that Cena isn't a fan of Austin Theory. And you know, he 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 said what Cena say, I'm pretty sure you've seen the comments when he's like he's told Austin Theory that, you know, he uh, essentially there was a point where he felt like Austin Theory was born and the crowd just didn't react to him at all and nobody cared. And like when they first pitched the idea to him about working with Theory, Cena was kind of like, Well, I mean, if that's what y'all asking me to do, then I guess I'll do it. <laughs> like it, it's just interesting to see his uh his different approaches to the, the, those two matches and how those two performances came out in terms of public perception. Uh, but yeah, you uh, talk about Devon Dudley who wrestled a match for Impact Wrestling at Impact One Thousand, and he's also under a Legends contract with with a, with a WWE Legends contract with Billy Ray. Um, d- definitely glad to see Dewdrop back after her health scare. I, I I laughed at the uh Stephanie McMahon <laughs> ankle surgery comment that you made about. <laughs> it's like major dudes right there that was mm-hmm. funny 
And uh, we talk about we talk about Raw Thirty. That uh, that was the when when Becky and uh Bailey's cage match got cut from the show, right? Yes, yes, that yeah, sounds about cut. right. Yeah, it got cut from the show, and I, I even remember um after Becky and Trish's steel cage match at Payback when Becky said that her and Trish were removed from SummerSlam too. So yeah, so so Becky's had quite a few uh experiences when you know when it comes to you know matches being cut in in, in 2023. Um yeah and 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 the and the break like it's just looking at the other stuff like Sheldon Benjamin's no longer with WWE anymore after celebrating 20 years. Um you know and of course one of like you said one of the sadder uh footnotes you know was Bray Wyatt said he's been reminded of Brody Lee every single day of course uh Bray Wyatt when the Rotunda is no longer here with us. Man it, it's it's always like whenever I hear these stories about um you know wrestlers passing away or any, anybody for, for, for that matter if i passing away and you you know they got young children it's always like I'm, I'm pretty sure that's always a shock to the system for them to have a figure who was so prominent in 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 their respective lives whether it's ch- one child or children you, you know to just have that individual be gone and no longer be around at such a um at an age when you're so heavily influenced by those around you and you're starting to like figure out your own personality and i always think about that because like with my own parents i have a very you know close relationship with, with, with my parents so i'm always thinking about like how you know fortunate you are just for little things like that because you don't think about it as you're growing up but when, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things you're you a, a lot of people and some people are very fortunate to have you know the the, the people with them for the i guess the duration or a good portion of their lives are not early and and not have them taken away early on. And it's, it's always sad when, when when you hear that stuff, and when when you hear like these young children having a, you know, go, go like knowing that they have to go through life without having that prominent prominent figure that was once a constant in their lives no longer being there. So, um, yeah, I I, I definitely want to you know send my condolences uh to to the Rotunda family and you know uh, said it on uh, different podcasts before, but of course the um you know the the Huber family as well. And I'm pretty sure we're going to uh, end up talking about, you know, Jay Briscoe at, at some point as well, who passed yep. away uh, that, that month of January 2023. But it is, it's, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I can say that for you for you as well, Josh, you know, condolences and, and blessings to those respective families. It's, it's always sad. And I always think about like the the kids and how they, you know, got to navigate through life and how a, a situation like that and an instance like that and an impact like that, like alters their perspective and how that changes things for them going forward you know it, it's always uh very very sad and, and, and disheartening to think about but yeah i definitely just wanted to send my condolences public condolences to to those respective families let's go into this uh next chunk and then we will uh talk about jay briscoe uh as we enter in the aew section but yeah finish out wb uh john laurinitis remember him his first w post uh <laughs> post w appearance that was announced at a, a signing was canceled due to uh, negative feedback big surprise there kylie ray said wb told her not right now following her tryout and uh, she is pregnant right now. So uh, it'll be some time before we see her in the ring again, but having seen her live for the first time uh, this past year, I think it was, yeah, it was, this, it was early this year. Uh, really, really great talent and, and glad to see her kind of back uh, getting at it. Uh, Mandy yeah. Rose uh, did start doing some interviews, says she may have considered dropping fan time. If WWE had given her notice, she was hurt and disappointed by her release. Of course, she's uh, doing pretty well on uh, fan time. 
Uh, Naomi was expected to return to WWE around the turn the uh, time of the Royal Rumble. That certainly did not happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, two new series, or actually a new Stone Cold Steve Austin series on A&E. Such a debut in April. That was uh, him basically uh, going around America doing different jobs and things like that. Both Progress and ICW confirmed the end of their respective partnerships with WWE Network. There's a report that Bo Dallas was backstage at Raw. Of course, uh, he ended up being uh, Uncle Howdy in that run with uh, with Bray Wyatt. There was a report that William Regal was officially back with WWE, uh, VP of Global Talent Development. That was uh, ended up being confirmed. Rick Boogs returned from injury. Roman Reigns addressed The Rock and WrestleMania rumors on The Tonight Show. So he was asked about that in a, in a big environment. Uh, Samoa Joe, uh, in an interview, said that WWE releases were due to a quote-unquote war between upper management. Soraya said that Triple H offered her the opportunity to either wrestle or have a general manager role in WB. And she, once he uh, found that she was kind of talking to AEW or, or considering leave, uh, sorry, after she got released, right? She hadn't signed yet. But uh, yeah, he was surprised she was released and offered the opportunity to, to do either. Seth Rollins, uh, when asked about potential CM Punk return, said, Stay away, you cancer. WB was very strongly under the impression that Mercedes Monet will not wrestle or at that point won't wrestle for AEW. Uh, Hulk Hogan said he couldn't feel his legs following back surgery. A representative said that uh, everything's okay with Hogan's health. Uh, company ex- has expressed some interest in bringing back EJ and Duca. Of course, that did not happen. Uh, WWE head of international and also their, one of their uh, VPs of public relations both departed the company as uh, due to the uh, McMahon return and some uh, internal changes. We're going to see a lot of that over the months ahead. They announced that money in the bank was taking place in London. Uh, WWE requested a protective order in the MLW lawsuit do quote-unquote sensitive and competitive information requests. WB signed 15 college athletes to their NIL program. Becky Lynch returned to NBC's Young Rock. Johnny Gargano out of action with solar injury. Uh, R-Truth uh, still out of action with quad surgery. Ricochet and Samantha Irvin got engaged, as did Dominic Mysterio. And Montez Ford announced he was going to release an album in March. A lot there to unpack. Thoughts about any of them? Yeah, man. So, like, just most recently, um, like the most recent thing you touched on was the the WWE Money in the Bank taking place in London. I remember when that got announced because I was uh covering what was that 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 came out after New Year. It came out like right after uh New Year's Dash. Like that happened. I, I was hoping to get right, some yeah. sleep. <laughs> I was hoping to get some. I, I I I I was I was looking forward to getting some sleep, Josh. And then next thing you know, I checked my Twitter. WWE announced the Money in the Bank from London. I was like, great. <laughs> I was like, this sure. is excellent. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of interesting stuff, man. Like, um, Mandy Rose, of course. Dude, I cannot believe that was a full year ago when she got released. That was all, that was a full year, December 2022, when she got cut uh, after she dropped the title to Roxanne Perez on the uh, NXT, NXT show. And, um, like, I know she's spoken about it, you know, quite a few times. Like, and obviously, she's doing very, very well for herself. And I, I really don't think that Mandy Rose needs pro wrestling or needs to come back to wrestling, considering that she... You know, from what she says, she's making more than the, the, the you know what, what she made when she was uh, active pro wrestler. So, uh, you know, glad that she was able to find another source of income that is uh, treating her very well. Like he, even when that all happened, like I remember when uh, she had brought up the point, which which was actually a really good point when WWE had posted the um the the photo of her when she was she was only covered by the uh, the NXT. And NXT UK championships onto their all their social media platforms, and like she was kind of like, well, I mean, if you could do that, then why can't I do my thing and stuff like that? So it, that was like a very interesting point that she brought up that I thought actually made a lot of sense. Uh, when you're looking at Naomi, Trinity Fatu, Josh, she is doing so well. Like 
I like I, honestly, I remember when like when she first laid out her schedule for Impact, um, the, what was now going to be TNA in 2024, and it said that she was only running through Slam Anniversary. I was like, well, that should be a good run for her. I think she'll do like she'll be you know fine. She'll probably like I I didn't think because the, the schedule when she listed. Hold on, hold on. Am I am I back now, Josh? Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Because I had knocked my headphones out by accident. Get <laughs> too excited but, to talk about Trinity. Yeah, but but, but, but she had uh she had made her schedule out, and I was like, oh yeah, she'll probably get like a title match at Slammiversary. She, like, she won't win because I was like, oh that'll probably be it, and then you know she'll go on to you know whatever's next, and then like she ended up winning the title, and I'm like she, but she's having like a really great run with Impact, and like it seems like she's fitting in well, like they embracing her. Like I see Scott Demore speaks extremely highly of her in in the interviews and, and stuff like that in public service and in the source her colleagues as well um you know she posting all about it promoting the show like she's in good storylines like she, she she's having like a really really great run and impact and I, i've always been a big fan of, of, of trinity and her work and i always felt like wwe i'm i'm not gonna say they never appreciated her but i, I will say that they always view towards the Post-2017, they always viewed her in the same vein that I think they view Natalia is that she's a part of that old guard, if you will, that will always be around and you can slide her in certain positions, but she's never going to be that person. And I always felt like that, like post-2017, post her title win at uh, Mania 33, they sort of always looked at Naomi as that. Like you can slide her in anything, she'll make it work, but she's not going to be that person to like lead the way in the division. I remember even back in uh what was that? I think it was February 2022, uh, when she had that great match with Charlotte Flair on SmackDown. Uh, that sort of like awoke a lot of people and was like, yeah, she 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 still, you know, she 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 can do the thing when when you put her in position to. But yeah, she's having a great one. I'm 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 very happy to see her uh um find her footing in an impact. And uh, you know, William Regal back with WWE. Like I, I'm I'm gonna save this for when we um when we talk about the AEW portion, because it's sort of like more in line with that about like, you know, uh, Tony Khan, you know, talking about, you know, him on the media call about how that whole situation with Regal asking, like how he found out about Regal wanting to go back to WWE. I'm going to say that for the, the, the AEW portion of it. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh, CM Punk, when is this man not in the news? When, <laughs> when is he not in the news? And especially coming up with a Survivor Series on the, uh, on, on, on the 25th, even after Punk himself and after multiple, uh, reputable reporters have have said that he won't be there wwe has relayed through those uh individuals that he won't be there a lot of people still think he's going to be there <laughs> at, at, at the survivor series i i'm also curious about like just looking at cm punk's entire year right and even you can even you know add in the the the, the all-out uh physical altercation that happened between him and the elite it, it, it's always amazing to me that like how heralded CM Punk is, and it, it, it honestly is not surprising to me uh, that how heralded CM Punk is just by the the, the public, and and I don't mean that in like in and in a, I don't want to talk about tone to come off in a negative way because that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying like it's it's always funny because he's always finds himself back in these exact same situations. You got the CM Punk chant starting back up. You, you, I'm pretty sure you heard it on uh, what was that? The most recent episode of Raw, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 assuming that people chanted that at Shinsuke because he did the GTS. I'm I'm, I'm assuming that's why people were, were chanting that during that specific match. And you know, you like a, a, every little um, 
thing that that gets said or, or, or most things that get said that can be attributed to CM Punk like it leans more to the I, I guess the idea that maybe he'll be showing up at some point uh down the line like you know when Corey Graves is making the mark about what would he say that the devil's um greatest trick was making people think he doesn't exist and like I even saw I even saw like recently uh <laughs> J- Jimmy uh Uso was doing a promo backstage on Smackdown and it was like the four stars like on the on the poster behind the wall and people put that like the, you know the 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 stars yeah, yeah, yeah. that punk wheel on his trunks like <laughs> so, it, it was like could it be a sign and stuff like that like John what, what do you make of CM Punk like his like this the whole fiasco man of course him doing the uh the the, the uh, cage fighting fury championships or cage free fighting championships like you know his uh broadcast co-host you know poking around and and, and having some fun this dude somehow some way is always right back where he was like post pre any uh altercations or, or anything of the sort the fanfare for this man never dies down and i'm pretty sure that it won't like it he, he has the opportunity to get two of the biggest pops in his career whether he go whether it, I, I don't think he's coming back in survivor series but whether it, it happens whatever next 2024 like it, it's, it's always like interesting to me like just how punk is able to you know slat himself or he's not even slat himself he's just always like in these positions where he is like just heralded by the fan base man i, I think yeah. that you also gotta attribute that to him you know what i'm saying like the dude like he he, he a fucking star bro you yeah. know what i'm saying like that's 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 essentially what it is but like i, I asked you already but i just want to throw it back to you and some other points but like what have you made it of this whole fiasco and, and and where we are present day uh with the CM Punk spectrum <laughs> the, the whole atmosphere. thing yeah you he's uh, <laughs> you're right i mean he's an absolute star he's uh, someone that everyone's uh interested in one way or another i don't i i i question whether WWE bring him back because they don't really they don't really need him you know they're they doing don't. so well <laughs> without him and i i think that there's probably some still residuals left from when he was there before. And I think that there's a, you know, what is it to, I, you know, I don't think it's a, if they, I think if they were in a, in a really tough, you know, head to head with uh, AEW, that'd be one thing. And I, I think in that case, AEW probably wouldn't release them anyway. I, uh, I just don't think they need him. And I, I think they're, they just don't want the headache of poten- the potential headache of bringing him in uh, as much as yeah. he, they're maybe just like, you know, he's different or all this stuff. I, we saw how things <laughs> turned out in, in AEW, right? And I just think that yeah. they're like, you know, we we have plenty of people here that we need to use and can get over big and have get over big. And there's just um it's just not a not a need there. Now if yeah, I mean look, if if uh if Saudi Arabia, if the if the prince decided he wanted to have him uh for one of the Saudi shows as a one off, who knows there? I mean, that's a yeah. lot of money. That's fifty million dollars or so they pay per show. Um, mm. to have to have that, so that's a lot of money. If they were to say bring him in for a night, um, so that's yeah, yeah. I uh, he's he's gonna continue to kind of float in our in our orbit until he, you know, comes back again or, or doesn't. It just depends, you know, at, the, at this age and kind of what he wants to do and 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 all that. I, yeah, this is a it's a good question. What his next move is gonna be? I I just I don't see it being WB just because I don't think they want the. The headache. I don't think it's obviously going to be AW um, until yeah, you know, hell freezes over. Or something <laughs> happens there. Um, 
impact i wouldn't rule impact out i i, I wouldn't like I, I wouldn't completely rule it out but i i also agree with your point that for i i i, I just don't see that being something that could happen but could happen or, or, or would happen but i would not 100 rule that out but with, with, with wwe it's like i'm for, for real for real jobs like I'm, I'm honestly surprised that no that nobody has been asked like whether it be paul levesque or any of the talents when you, you remember when punk showed up at raw what was that in may before collision started you remember that right when, yeah, when he yeah. popped up at the arena in chicago I'm, like i'm legitimately surprised nobody's been asked about that like, cause I, I, cause I know that the, uh, I, know, I remember, uh, uh, Sean Rossap had reported that talents were prepped for the fast lane press conference about questions mm-hmm. about, you know, be, being prepped about CM Punk questions. And I'm, I'm just like, I, I was surprised that no, but like throughout this whole, I'm talking since that point, since May, I'm surprised that no talent has been asked about Punk showing up at Raw. I remember PW Insider had reported that he like interacted with a few talents that he did, uh, come across Paul Levesque and they had like a, I don't want to call it like a full blown conversation, but they they talked, and like I, I was like I'm, I'm I'm more curious to like know what the reaction was or what the perception was when he was back there, like at Raw, like just showing up weeks before AEW was about to launch this <laughs> this this entire show with him as a centerpiece, and then so he shows that, up that, there, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So like that that was uh that that's always an interesting thing to think about. Hopefully it does get asked at, at some point. I'm pretty sure somebody uh somebody asked about it, but yeah, like like you said, y'all, CM Punk will continue to. Uh, Rome, yeah, in our atmosphere until he makes a decision. So, yeah, well, I, I guess we'll see. He will be at that. Um, what's the name? I think Anthony Pettis's promotion, and I think on the seventeenth or in Milwaukee or something like that. So, I guess we'll see. Is uh, what's up? What else happening on, on this AEW and Collision? Are they going hit the head this Friday? Uh, they 17th? are. Yes, I believe. Yeah, yes, they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that that's gonna be interesting to see how that all goes down. I'm looking forward to Tony Khan's Twitter. Very much looking forward to that. That's going to be a good time. <laughs> that is going to be a good time. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the other stuff you have on here. Uh, WWE very strongly under the impression Mercedes Monet won't wrestle for AEW. Did, did, you, did you happen to see the um, the Rocky Romero interview that he did with uh, Russell Pierce? Or did you happen to see like some of the like the, the, the comment about um, Mercedes Monet and him not uh, he, he, he said that he is hoping to speak with her and her agent at some point, but he did not have any update about like what she wanted to do or what she might want to do when she does come back. And, and did you, did you get to see that headline? I, I know FW online had covered it before. I don't yeah, know if you had I a think, chance to see it. Yeah. I think, I think I did see something. Yeah. Something along those lines, very non-committal. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Something, something like that. And I know she had, uh, I saw a clip floating around uh, recently, like she had did like a cameo or something like that. And she was talking about how she was looking forward to being back in the ring. 2024 like being with a company in 2024 or something like that so yes yeah yes. mercedes mercedes had a very very great start to her her, her 2023 and you know unfortunately the injury came about but uh definitely one of the most sought out the talents probably the most uh sought out the talent of the terms of like free agency like i don't know if she signed anybody or anything like that obviously she's now she said she's looking forward to being with a company in 2024 but you know like she she's an amazing talent amazing wrestler like she's She's phenomenal, so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing her get back in the ring. But yeah, I'm just looking at the uh the list. I, I think that's about it for this uh specific session. All right, well let's flip to AEW and a little bit of Ring of Honor as well. And probably that you know the biggest news uh for the company in the month, and and really kind of one of the bigger um 
talent stories of the year was the sudden passing of Jay Briscoe. I remember, I think a lot of people will probably remember where they were when they heard the news. I was, uh, I think yeah. it was also on a Tuesday, it was also on a Tuesday night. Uh, yep. Like the, uh, some of the, uh, the Saudi stuff we mentioned before. And um, yeah, I was just kind of sitting there and, and all of a sudden was, uh, yeah, he had uh, this, this story kind of just emerged that uh, there was some thought that, that uh, Jay had died in a car accident in Delaware or died in a car accident. And there was just all this, again, just the usual questions and trying to get answers and, and all this stuff, and and at the end of the day, what happened is he, uh, you know, his family died in a car accident. Uh, he died as his family luckily uh, survived. His uh, two daughters were um, did a lot of rehab. There was a lengthy hospital stay, yeah. and there was just a lot of stories about this or updates. They were very um, very religious uh, family and and tight knit in their community, and so they had um, uh, people that are members of their church giving updates and and things like that, and. Um, apparently if I remember he didn't have a seatbelt on, it was just, it was uh, just, a someone had driven into his lane and I believe that person passed away. Uh, it was mm-hmm. just a, again, just a real sad situation. And, uh, the, the, so kind of, you know, a lot of stuff kind of came out of this in, in the weeks uh, that happened. There was, um, we learned that the reason that the Briscoes were kept off AEW TV, by Warner Brothers Discovery was due to some of their past tweets that uh, have been obviously well publicized, some uh, some homophobic things that uh, Jay had said, uh, Confederate flag gear that both those guys wore uh, frequently yeah. in Ring of Honor or other places as well. So those are some of the reasons that you know there's there's questions of why they were never on AEW TV, they never get answered. And then finally, uh, that guy, everything got kind of ironed out. Of course, you know, too late unfortunately for Jay to get his uh, his big moment on AEW TV. There's a tribute show uh, tape following Dynamite. Uh, there was a fundraiser that well exceeded its goal uh, for his family. Uh, we learned that you know, again part of the recovery. One of his daughters are getting feeling lower extremities. I don't. I haven't not seen an update on the girls in quite some time. But I assume they're kind of back to to normal life as normal as it can be. Um, yeah, hopefully after after everything. Yeah, and then uh, Mark Briscoe making his AEW debut, and this is kind of where it came out about you know why they're kept off AEW TV, but. Um, Tony Khan said he very worked hard, worked very hard to make this match and to get Mark Briscoe on TV, uh, defeating Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal in the tribute match that took place on Dynamite. It just it felt like the right thing to do. It was kind of over a couple of weeks yeah. that this whole story uh, played out in terms of being able to to honor him. They did again the tribute show they filmed um, was eventually on ROH TV, and 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 uh, and trying to find that was kind of a whole you know whole thing. And uh, yeah, this was just. Um, a really sad story and one that came out of nowhere and can happen at any time. It can have multiple times. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things you were talking about Bray Wyatt earlier. You know, it's uh, it just sucks. It, it just, the situation sucks and, and uh, for everyone involved and everyone tried to make the most out of it. But uh, you know, Mark is doing his thing in AEW now and it's really good for him. And it seemed like real, really supportive community. And yeah, it was just uh just a really, a really shitty story. Yeah, for one hundred percent. But before we uh, like I was I was going like dive into that that whole like the all the topics you touched on. Did you want to run down the other to- AEW topics, or you just want to get into that first, and then we can touch on the other stuff? Uh, no, we'll we'll start on this, and then we'll uh, we'll go down the rest of the month. Cool, cool, cool. So like like I, again, just the you know piggyback on what you said. It's a very very shitty story. Like I remember exactly who I was uh when that happened. Uh, when when I first got the, the the saw the news about it, like it's again f- first thing you start thinking about, like when you 
of course, later heard all the, the the details about his children being involved in the accident. Man, you you somebody lost the shipping away the you know, just the pro wrestling like the accolades and the the, the accomplishments and the the all, every the most of the stuff pro wrestling later. Man, somebody lost a brother, father, uncle, you know, son at thirty eight. You know what I'm saying? Thirty eight years young. Uh, on top of that, his children being in a crash and like ho- hopefully, like you said, uh, that like you know this hopefully they're back to i, I don't i don't know but like what, what, what a, a normal is for for, for them like going for, like post this accident but hopefully there's some semblance of them you know just you know get, get, getting back to somewhat of what life used to be post i mean pre this you know yeah. the, 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 this ordeal in, in the best way in the best way they, they can like it, it's been said countless times man but like the way Mark Briscoe, like his his ability to remain strong in the public eye, bro. That's like the most, like some of the most, like courageous shit that I've seen. Like for him to, like, it, 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 I'm pretty sure you you've heard like some of the stories from from talent in AEW and in ROH how they talked about uh like he was the one that was like consoling everyone and like comforting everyone and like like he just lost his brother. You know what I'm saying? Like and he he's the one that's like a you know, keep your head up and like making sure everybody's like a uh, beat and like he he want to make sure that like, everybody's feeling okay and checking in on everybody like I think that says a great deal about Mark and like his inner strength um and like even seeing like the 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 comments that he made at the the funeral service you know what I'm saying like just real upbeat making jokes telling like good stories and funny stories that, that you know from him and Jay and stuff like that you know what I'm saying like the, the bro to have that mindset and to have that like inner strength for you to take on the role after just losing someone who has been in your life since birth and you've been very close to since birth to lose that individual and then to make it your primary goal to grieve or have you need to in your own time and your personal time. And then with you outside of that time, it's like, okay, let me make sure everybody else good around me. That says a lot about Mark Briscoe as an, as an individual. And I, I definitely look forward to seeing, um, more of, of his success in, in AW, and I hope more of that is to come. I, I even remember when Caprice Coleman had posted a video of of himself and Mark at the airport. Oh, you the remember airport. that, like yes. a week after yes, Jay yes. passed. You remember yeah. that, like like a week after Jay passed away. And dude, he was like, you know what I'm saying? He was just speaking about like being on the road with Jay and like carrying on his legacy and like family being forever and like you know what are you saying? Like the like life only being temporary and like but Jay's still here with him, although he's not here in the physical and like he's just moved on to like the like the next level of existence and stuff like that you know what I'm saying? bro to be in that mindset a week or so after you just lost your blood brother you know what i'm saying like dude that's you you gotta have some type of like inner core like to the root like strength to be able to stand in the public eye and not waver at all like i'm talking about no cracks in this man's voice like at all like he was Holding on strong. I, I do remember when he was on the AW podcast, AW Restricted, and he did say that there, there was a point when he considered retirement after that happened. Like he was thinking about it. And I'm, you know, he, I think either way, people would support him, Mark, either way. I'm, I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he was able to continue on and, you know, keep, you know, Jay's, their the, the wrestling legacy alive by continuing on, you, you know, by, by continuing on wrestling and stuff. Like with the, uh, you know, with them being on TV to the, you know, and, and, and I'm going I'm to touch on the, the, the homophobic comments uh, second, but like the, the Confederate flag year, um, like I, I remember even when um, myself, uh, Martin Bushby 
and uh, uh, Righteous Rage and Benno. Uh, we're doing the uh, Martin and I podcast for for proposed wrestling, and we were talking about uh, I think it was ROH uh, Manhattan Mayhem uh, 07, and they wore that Confederate flag gear, and like it was a talking point that we had dove into, like that. That 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 flag, like just to get into like the historical, because you don't mind if I like get into this, Josh. Like, do you like it's okay if I like talk about the yeah, the historical? Con- okay, okay. Like, so that flag has been claimed by like white supremacists. I'm pretty sure, as most people know, like even looking some real recently, like the January 6, uh, 2021 situation at the Capitol, like when that was being waved around. Like the history of that flag, bro, it like dates back to centuries ago. Like you know when Black Americans were given like citizenship and 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 slavery ended, and then you know they were given voting rights, and then you know you had white Southerners were like, "Well, shit!" Like I think things should go back to the way they used to be, and they felt that they should be like at the 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 the, the top of the segregated social order, and then like Jim Crow laws were established, and you know, you know which basically enforced segregation, and that and that flag has always been present and used as a symbol for segregation against black people. And like, there's even plenty of photos, even from like 1970s, bro, where you'll find like white uh, children holding up signs that will be like, uh, uh, we want a white school posters. And you'll see in their other hand, they'll be waving around the Confederate flag and, and, and stuff like that. So like, just all, all that within that to say that the history of that flag is well-documented and like early 2000s wasn't some like, medieval time when resources weren't available to find out information as such but fast forward to more recent times mark and mark and jay did not and 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 do not seem like those same individuals that you know would would sport that gear and 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 stuff like that obviously i just wanted to add like some uh and 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 they like their 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 thoughts about you know situations and them um apologizing for, for for past situations you know that that has been more evident over the the, the the years that will follow and stuff like that. So I just wanted to add like the historical sure. context of it. And and honestly, this is like the perfect time to like plug uh Biggie, Andreas Hill, and Jonathan Davenport's project about Ruby Bridges. Like they they sort of touch on that, like the segregated schools and stuff like that. And like how students would um so some of the white students would like leave or majority of the white students would like leave the school and stuff like that. And parents would pull them out of school when they found out Ruby Bridges was joining the school and like some teachers like refused to teach her and stuff like so that I think that's a that's a very good um if you are interested in learning more I, I would highly recommend Biggie Andreas Hill and, and Jonathan Davenport's project about that it, it just came out uh I, I I think they they premiered it at a New York um film festival I, I don't know about like um you know where, where else you can get it but I I think they plug it on their social and you can find more like when it comes to the uh, the, the homophobic comments as well, and you know uh, that that being attributed as a part of the reason why uh, Warner Brothers Discovery didn't want them on TV, like in a similar vein to like what we just discussed. But looking at it from the viewpoint of someone who wasn't directly offended by it, but you don't have to be directly offended by it in order to understand why people would be offended by such comments. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. in, in in this case, of course, we're talking about the LGBTQIA community. Like I'm I'm not definitely one not to tell people like how to feel. Or whether they, or whether or not they should forgive someone for comments that can be uh, uh, viewed as as harmful or can elicit a dangerous environment for others. Uh, Jay did apologize, and I'm pretty sure as you saw, like I even remember uh, Polo Del Mar from from NWA, like speaking about 
the conversation that he had with, with Jay and Mark, the in-depth conversation they had, and, you know, them sharing a the photo together and, 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 and again, all that stuff. And, and just to add in, that doesn't speak for everybody in that, in that community, but he, he did apologize on the record. And as far as like Warner brother, uh, not, not, not them not wanting him on TV for it. Um, that, that, that's just like a further example of like, I guess what I just said, like, yes, you can be sorrowful and take the proper strides to, to learn and grow from things. Uh, that were said in the past but unfortunately you know that doesn't mean that you know everyone is going to be willing to you know a- a- accept that and-, and 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 take that in uh the-, the tribute match that mark did with jay lethal like that was excellent bro like um and then the tribute show that they did on our they-, they did a tribute show on our witch as well right like they aired on honor club mm-hmm. yeah if I-, if I remember correctly like that was great um aw always goes above and beyond with-, with with these tribute shows unfortunately we've had to see uh uh two of them you know with uh jay jay and mark i mean jay and um Brody Lee, Jay and Jay Huber. So yeah, that that that's always um unfortunate that we've seen that, but that, that those tribute shows have always been uh excellent. The, both of those tribute shows and the video package they put together, it's always a great um you know tribute to those individuals and and their respective careers and and just just seeing like the the photos and the still shots of, of them with their respective families. But I I just wanted to touch on the 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 attributed reasons as to why they were kept off AWTV by Warner Brothers Discovery and, and just sort of add my my, my thoughts on, on on those two things. Yeah. Let's go on some uh, some happier things from AEW, which was uh, Adam Cole appearing yeah. on Dynamite, announcing his return to uh, impending return to action. Tony Khan said people don't know half of the inspiration will return. Of course, that was kind of a teaser for the uh, reality show, which we'll talk about in a different episode. Uh, CM Punk, you just talked about him. Shared his 2022 <laughs> action figure sales in the AEW YouTube stats. Took a shot at AEW ratings uh, as part of an MJF Instagram <laughs> comment. So all the uh, all the things we talked about CM Punk earlier still apply uh, now. Uh, Battle of the Bel- Belts 5 happened. Uh, all champions uh, retained, including the claim defeating Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal in a no-holds-barred match to retain their uh, then AEW hey, tag team hey, titles. Yeah, hey, hey, was, was Jay Cargill on that show, the Battle of the Belts? Uh, that's a good she, question. She was she faced sky, sky blue. Uh, that th- that absolutely could have happened. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, like uh, I I was just thinking like it just came to mind because I was thinking about her being a WWE now. Like, we, dude, it's it's so fucking crazy. Like when you look at some of this stuff and you see how much stuff has changed in just mm-hmm. ten months. It's crazy. But yeah, my my bad. I mean, interrupt. All good. All good. Uh, Battle of the Belt six heading to uh, Rhode Island. Uh, that was announced. Uh, AW celebrate Dark Elevation 100. Speaking of a show that used to happen a long time ago, <laughs> not that long ago. Uh, the Elite, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks won the AEW World Trios Championships in the finale of the Best of Seven series over Death Triangle that happening in Los Angeles, California, I believe, in a ladder match. Uh, Young mm-hmm. Bucks and AEW, whoever had yet to begin the negotiations on their new contracts. Of course, that would come later in the year. Darby Allen regained the TNT title on Dynamite. AEW and DAZN announced a multi-year broadcast deal for 42 international markets. Luchasaurus sued by company CFX over the mask design uh, they has for his uh, dinosaur mask, so to speak. Kyle Riley dealing with a post-surgical issue. Of course, we have not seen him in quite some time uh, due to his, uh, his neck surgery. Wardlow out of action due to an undisclosed injury. Brian Cage's AEW contract reportedly was set to expire soon. And then Sting's contract expired sometime this year, of course, uh, with both Brian Cage and Sting, they uh, were not going anywhere. Thoughts about that before we get to the uh, other chunk of AEW goodness? Man, it's a, uh, but it's it's so much that happened. Jesus Christ! Like we, right. like we, me, me, me and you were talking about it before we started recording. Like you forget some of this stuff even happened. 
and 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 it was such like at the time when they happened, there was such like pivotal moments. Like even looking back at the uh, the night when uh, what was that the Los Angeles? So re- remember that was the speculated night when Mercedes Monet was supposed to arrive. Yes, she was doing the teases. Yeah, with Saraya and stuff. Like she was. What, what, what did Saraya say on Dynamite? Oh, Britt Baker. She was like something about something about being the boss. The boss. Yes. Something like yes. That. <laughs> Good times, good times, right there, man. Mercedes Monet and her uh, still to this day, uh, to this day, Josh, the uh, pending arrival of what, mm-hmm. what, 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 what people might expect. Uh, we got four gear coming up, of course. Um, and it was in LA, out of all at the forum. Look at that, yeah. <laughs> Look at that, full circle. Ain't that something? Full, full circle. circle. Look at that. Ain't that something? But like we, uh, like Adam Cole, uh, when he came back on on January, was that did that that same, that same episode of Dynamite, right? I think with the the best of seven. So. Yeah, in LA. Yeah, yeah I think in so. LA. Yep. Hey, 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 Josh, what, what have you made of Adam Cole's run in, in AEW so far? Like, of course, injuries have taken up a, a like a good portion of it, but he, he's been able to like they've been able to do like some meaningful stuff with Cole. Like the Hangman feud obviously is where with MJF uh, and, and that was cut somewhat short, like because of the, you know, the, the injury. Like He's still included on television, um, you know, through the, the video screens and, you know, Roderick Strong screaming that man's name to oblivion. And then you got the. Uh, you know, you, you had the the remember the um when when undisputed era uh turned on the elite. Remember that when yeah. Bobby Fisher, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole turned on them. Like and it seemed like they were going like you know we were going to get something involving those those, those six individuals. Uh, like what, what what have you made of Adam Cole's running AEW so far? Like it's like it's, it's you you like if if there was any criticism about it, like I I I don't really I can't really see like the 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 validity the validity in it because like they've been able to do some great stuff with him but it's just like the injuries have also been a good portion of it but the stuff when he's been there he's been used in a meaningful way yeah i i think it's a big part of it is is the are the injuries and he's had these great stop starts and then they just kind of stop because he's been out uh, with the concussion and then, uh, I mean, this last one, which again came in the in really just the worst time. I think things would be a lot different um, for this uh, MGF and Adam Cole storyline. I think probably things would have been a little bit more cohesive had he not got hurt. Uh, just jumping off the stage, and I mean, it wasn't yeah. didn't even look like the the worst part about it is it didn't look like a like a big jump. You know what I mean? I mean, it it was it was just like kind of a standard type of thing in, in pro wrestling like jumping off a ring apron there's some people that don't think that the that think that the injury is not real and that he's the mm. the devil behind this whole thing and um it's just kind of a real real long-term storyline i i uh i find that hard to believe that he would take himself out of action for months on end um you know it just it just for some reason it just doesn't that does not compute but just bad timing and um Good, a good runs, but he, I, I think that the the tough thing with him, and I don't know if this is ever in consideration if you are going to give him the, the the world title, is that he is he's injury prone, mm. and it is you know it's just a variety of things. It's kind of like with Danielson, it's the same thing. It's that these guys just start getting in this good run, and then something seems to always happen. And I think that has to be in the back of your mind. Granted, some of these are fluke injuries, but. They're still injuries nonetheless. Other people are not enduring. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I, you know, I, I think so far a good run, but not a great run. And that's just due to him being hurt. Hey, so, so do you think, would you say a part of the reason I got, I actually got two things for it. Cause you just, you just brought like two different things in my mind. See, this, this, 
this how this how y'all know Josh Nathan's official right here. He one of the good ones in the, in the podcast. <laughs> he makes think. See what I'm saying? Hey, yeah. but but do you, do you do you think that a part of the reason why people think the injury might be uh fake is because they MJF still has the AEW, I mean the the ROH World Tag Team titles. Do you think that might be a reason why people? I hope not. Think I hope that. Not. I I okay. just I I think the. The whole ROH tag titles have done uh, at, at this point has done really nothing for me. I don't think it really adds much to yeah. it. It's a way to get MJF to wrestle twice in a show. I don't know if that's the best thing at this point. You don't you don't yeah. want <laughs> you don't want to have too much. He, he went from not wrestling at all to I think wrestling almost too much, and you, you got to find kind of this this happy medium in between. I have not loved the fact that he hasn't had the world title and he's carrying around this tag team title, which I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I have an issue yeah. about the whole kind of ROH thing anyway in how much it's just prominently presented because i think you're you're trying to promote two promotions at once um yeah I, i'm i'm not i yeah I, I think if it would be anything it'd be the whole he's the devil uh character but i think him being out for two months just to support this angle i think is a little i, I just it doesn't make any sense to me it's a long time to keep a, a healthy guy in the shelf like this especially when they need you know, viewership numbers and, and, and things like that. Not like he's a huge ratings driver, but I think he's a prominent I, figure on their television. He's program. prominent. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's prominent. Yeah. And you, and, and if you can have him in the mix, that's a lot better than, than not. And I don't think they'd take him out just for the sake of an angle. Hey, so, and another point, what, what, what do you think about <laughs> Danielson coming back from this broker to over the bone to compete at Continental Cup? Just days. <laughs> I'm, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming days before Wrestle Kingdom against Okada. Like, I, 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 I ain't gonna lie. Like, if I was New Japan, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, what? Like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like hold on, wait. We, we, we promote this big match, and you telling me this dude coming back in a month to compete in a, what, a, a four-week tournament to, to, to be in this, in this, and then possibly wrestling at the World's End pay-per-view on the 30th, mm. days out from this big match, which is, I'm, I'm assuming, is gonna be the semi-main event. To to uh beside Naito and and, and Sonata, dude. If I was New Japan, I'd be like, hey, hey, let's let, let's let's slow down a bit, fellas, please. Can, can we chill out yeah. a little bit? Yeah, it's a it's a risk. I thought, of course, they they're just tempting fate by saying that he's back. He's going to be in for All In in August. I think you're just tempting fate for ten months out to basically say, yeah, he'll be here. You know. Hey, um, hey Josh, I yeah. was saying I was like, that's bad juju right there. Bad I'm telling you, don't juju. that is yeah. that is bad juju, right? I'm telling don't don't be promoting mm-hmm. this man a year out. I'm telling you, don't do it. But yeah, go yeah. ahead to your point. I, yeah. I found that hilarious. Yeah. Uh I uh he he loves wrestling, man. I, I just don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't know. That's a I don't know. I've never had a broken orbital bone, but I just can't imagine that's an easy recovery. Um I don't know. I just have heard a lot of, you know, covering MMA so much in the past. People that have had these uh, these injuries, and you got to be careful because that you know, if your bone, your other bones, obviously around your eye. If there's splinters right. of that that break off in your eye, you're going to go blind. Mm-hmm. So I mean, perhaps it wasn't as bad as as a what you know in, in terms of uh, degrees of a bad orbital bone, but man, I don't know. That's um. That's a risk for a tournament you're announcing for the first time, and you already have you have tons of talent. It's not like Danielson would be would yeah, be missed, man. you know. It's you got a stack roster. Yeah, it's a it's it's a gamble, that's for sure. Like I, I mean, honestly, like I, it, it, it's it's only been Danielson has been announced so far, right? Like it's just him. Yeah, just him. Like, so you, far. You, you have a a loaded roster 
uh, people that you can slide. Like, I, th th this is what I would have done. I, I would have had Danielson, like, in the tuck. I would have had him, like, somebody that's like, okay, like, talk to him personally. Be like, okay, we're, we're going to save your announcement. Like, just let, let, let's wait until December. Let's wait until, like, this thing starts until, like, we really, or we release the official bracket until we slide your name in there and not go in with the promotion that he's going to be in this tournament. You know what I'm saying? Because that just adds like additional, because like there, there's no guarantee. And again, like you said, we, we don't know the, the the varying degrees of, of this injury. Like maybe it's not that serious, but I'm, I'm one, one would assume that a broken orbital bone is not something you just bounce back from. Like right. that's, that's pretty serious. And then especially get into physical combat where he'll be in matches with people who throw a lot of forearms to the side of the head, especially to that right side. What what is is it right over the bone? Is left over the bone? I think it's his left. If I remember how his, his left face is taped up, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so either way, people throwing forearms to the you know to the side of the head, or sometimes it might connect. One might slip. Might, you you might even throw a punch, a, a work punch, and it might actually connect. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's so yeah. many a lot can variables. And and then on top of that, like we we was joking about it, but like promoting him for all in a four year out. That like it's cause, just because like I, I don't know if people believe in like the bad luck stuff. Like some people just think it's like you know just circumstance. Like Brian's Brian's just you know Brian is Brian, bro. That's what he does. You know he goes out there and whatever. Like the motherfucker wrestled with a broken over the bone, wrestled with a broken arm. This ain't nothing new to him. But like just I I, I don't know, man. Like promoting him for this this early, like I I, I wouldn't. It, there's no issue with him being in the tournament, but it's more so it just like don't strap him to it like immediately, like like wait a few weeks. You know, wait at least wait until you release the official bracket to to like at least give him a couple more weeks to you know what I'm saying. Let the recovery go along, and then on top of that, you got the world's in pay per view. Like, okay, if he makes it to the finals, right? Which I'm assuming he will. I would assume, <laughs> so, yeah. right? But what, what, which I'm assuming, like, I I think it'll be him and Joe in the finals, and Joe is gonna win. And honestly, bro, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe win the AEW World Title. I really wouldn't be surprised. Like that would not be surprised me at all. But it, 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 I think it's going to be Brian and Joe in the finals. And then let, let's, I, I hope nothing don't happen. But dude, Wrestle Kingdom is on January, what, January 4th, mm -hmm. 2024. It's like five days. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. But, but I, one, one, one thing we do know, Josh, is that we will see. <laughs> we, we will see. see. We'll we see. will see. But, but like, uh, uh yeah, oh, you mind if I, if I touch on some other stuff? You wanted to get go ahead and jump into the next thing. In, unless there's, yeah, if you want to go over anything real quick, we uh, we we'll get going the rest of the AW stuff. What what else uh, in that that chunk though? Uh, so just the I, so I was I was gonna mention the Cal O'Reilly thing, but like I, it wasn't more so like like conversation. I just wanted to add in like like I I just wanted to see Cal back, <laughs> but that was the most majority with what, but like him having that neck fusion surgery. And you know, um, um, Eric from the Viking Raiders just had his neck fusion surgery as well like those that like that's some serious shit man and like it's a lot of people that don't you know people come back from neck fusion surgery but like that's that's rough so I, i'm just hoping to see cal back at uh at some point always enjoy his work but like um uh, the the elite and the contract negotiations things like you had mentioned that they they resigned over the summer i think i think it was august that they resigned like so and, and, and you know nick jackson had made the point about it uh being he was jokingly said it was NBA level contracts <laughs> that, 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 that they uh that they resigned. Like on that same point, like they they were on the Swerve City podcast, and this is why I wanted to kick it over to you. They they had talked about like how themselves, uh, Kenny, the the the, the Bucks, Kenny and Hangman, 
they had did like a vote, like a majority rules vote about whether they're going to leave or whether they're going to stay with, with AEW. And Matt has said like the votes didn't line up every time that they went through this vote and mm-hmm. they weren't on yeah. the same page and on at all the all the time like they were like back and forth. Like someone was thinking like, hey, man, I think we should go. And then, you know, next week, the other person would be like, I think we should stay. And they're like, it would, they all would do that. And they didn't really know what they wanted to do. It's like more sort of a fun idea talking about, but like out of those four, like which ones could you see being the ones that was like, I, 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 I think we should, we, I think we should probably go. And I, I, I would assume that some of that had to do with CM Punk at the time still being employed by AEW. And like, I you know Hangman sort of alluded to it with the Black Cloud that he referred to being over AEW. Of course, that was never confirmed or anything like that, but I think that's what most right. people assumed he was talking about. Yeah. Like, it's just an, it's just an interesting thing to think about, like, they having a majority rules vote and, like, Matt saying that they went back and forth about whether they should stay or leave all elite wrestling. Yeah, I could see all of them having different reasons to to leave or stay. Uh, I think the schedule is better for them probably in AEW just because – a lot of them are family guys and and like to like to spend time with their kids. Obviously, Omega uh, is not, but you know he's mm-hmm. um, he's able to not have to wrestle every single week and kind of heal up his body. I think that's important to him and able to be influential in in some of the um, you know the women's booking and and uh, be yeah. able to take trips to Japan and do what he wants to do. I think that's a that's a big benefit for for both both sides. I think it could be you know, detrimental at points too. But I think the fact that they're able to float and, and kind of do what they want and spend more time at home, I think is probably more beneficial than having to be on W in the WWE um, machine and be touring and be available and really just having to work more. Granted, there's a lot of WWE talents that have uh, families too, but it's, I think it may be tougher when you go from one environment to the other. And then, mm. uh, you know, you have to be, you have to be busier. So I could see them all kind of in their own ways, having, going back and forth to to say they wanted to stay or sign or not for sure yeah all right well, let's go over this other uh chunk of aw so cassie lee speaking of families cassie lee and sean spears welcome the birth of their first child dax harwood the man the podcaster no longer <laughs> but back then he was a couple things he said ftr has been granted the next few months off aw tv and then he was talking about vincent Mayer's return uh saying it made things quote-unquote questionable of course um there was some talk about whether uh, a, uh, FTR was going to be long-term for AEW or not. Of course, that may have changed things a bit. Kenny Omega's visa issue was resolved. He was cleared to finally return to AEW after uh, a month or so, two months, something like that off. Uh, Conan explained that AEW ha- had to pull, why AEW pulled Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello, or Ty Mello rather, from a AAA event, of course, defending their mixed tag team titles, said that, quote, unquote, some girl had COVID, and he was if he was referring to Tay or a friend of Tay's or something like that, and he was unsure why Sammy Guevara couldn't be there because he wasn't at the show where there was COVID was spread. And he just was kind of the, the way he was talking was kind of just like, you know, they, they probably could have been there and especially Guevara. He didn't understand that at all. Uh, yeah. Telly Blanchard's AEW departure. Remember that was quote unquote, a little bit more <laughs> complex and a contact uh, contract expiration. William Regal said the original plans for his AEW role never transpired. Willie Mack made his AEW debut, hey. Ring of Honor, announced a date and location for Supercard of Honor. Tony Khan said, again, going back to the Vince McMahon stuff, that he was following with return, quote-unquote, very closely, and said that everyone at work is being so nice to me these past 24 <laughs> hours. All of a sudden, everyone was thinking about leaving. Now the Triple H had taken over, and all of a sudden McMahon came back, and everyone's being very nice to Tony Khan. Again, Tony Khan out of the WWE sale interest 
very preliminary to talk about that process. Who knows if there's actually a legitimate process or, or uh, interest or not, or if you're just kind of getting some uh, some headlines. But uh, that wraps up AEW and Ring of Honor. Thoughts about any of that before we move on? So, uh, Josh, you missed the the Dax podcast era of AEW. Um, I missed the, the the early stages, and then it just was it kind of got a little old, and then he just ended it. So, yeah, it was a yeah. uh, quite a thing. Yeah. <laughs> It, it it was a uh, very entertaining from a uh, coverage wise, like just with the, the 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 punk stuff and like Dax like publicly talking about like he didn't name people, he didn't name a lot of people or some people, but just talked about like the people he had issues with. And I I I think he specifically said Jungle Boy wasn't a fan of him and Cash when they first came to AEW. So that that's like an interesting thing and to wrap that all around with Jungle Boy and uh and Punk and you know with FTR's close relationship with Punk. That's all like an interesting dynamic very entertaining times for for, for news coverage I, I know that fdr has said that they uh they said they plan on retiring after their current contract ends josh let me tell you something and uh, I, i'm i'm there's, there's a part of me that thinks you'll agree as a as, as you cover uh pro wrestling news um i will never again believe another wrestler when they say they're retiring never again <laughs> never I don't, believe I, it. I, ever ever I, ever I, 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 I will never believe it i i don't even know why you bother to write articles about it because they all come back FTR, there, there's no way that I think that they're retiring after this current contract ends. I, I don't believe that's happening. Yeah, that never believe a wrestler when they say they're retiring. It's just just waiting till yeah. the next payday and it comes through. Exactly. <laughs> so, so with the with the uh, Regals running AEW, like I uh, we had alluded to it earlier when we talked about him taking on the VP role back in WWE. Like you, you remember when Tony was on the Always Media call and he was talking about like uh. When he first heard about Regal wanting to go back, or like around the time that his mother had the, you know, the unfortunate, you know, health yeah. situation, I think it was a stroke. Yeah. Yep. He he had the he had the option to like renew Regal's deal, but like obviously, you know, he let him go. And then last month, uh, when NXT and AEW were going ahead, I think after after the ratings came out, uh, Tony had mentioned like doing that whole like ordeal with his mom, like many times, and AEW were coming to him like a legend of WWE contract tampering and trying to convince him to break their deals, and like he was getting these phone calls while he was at the hospital, and like all that happened and. Like all, just all that happened within the t- same time frame is just like an interesting series of events. Uh, but you love it, like you had noted in your uh, in your notes, like Regal said that the his AEW run, like it was too much, I guess, like focus on him and not enough on the talent. And like he was brought there to work in a role, but like he, he was th- that role never that like, got officially kicked off from, from from his verbiage and stuff like that. So like that, it was all, all that happening within the same time frame, which is like a very interesting thing especially more, more, more recently with the, the tweet from Tony about like a uh, contract tampering and right. like you know people trying to get out during the time when his mom was in the hospital and stuff like that all right let's uh let's we'll combine nxt and impact because not a lot happened in either group throughout the month it was kind of quiet so we'll run through these at the same time and i'll kick it over to you uh, on the nxt mm-hmm. side of things booker t remained part of the nxt commentary team full-time Ginny, uh, a wrestler in, in NXT UK, remember that, uh, announced her retirement. Yeah. Carl Fredericks made his uh, NXT debut on a house show. And Valerie Lareda, of course, known as, uh, oh my God, now I'm blanking. What, what is Valerie Lareda's name again? Lola Vice. Yes, Lola Vice. Or a Bellator fighter made her uh, NXT level up debut. Uh, three title matches were set for uh, February's NXT Vengeance Day as that card started to take shape. And then Tyler Bate made his return to uh, NXT and uh, NXT proper. So he was going to be obviously around for a while. We flipped to Impact. We had uh, Hard to Kill, uh, one of the company's uh, signature pay-per-views of the year. 
In the main event, Mickey James defeating Jordan Grace in a title versus career match. I think that was a surprise to a lot of people because um, they thought maybe it might be time for James to retire the way she kind of seeded some stuff and some interviews and things like mm. that. Well done. And then, uh, and yeah, ended up defeating uh, Jordan Grace to kind of end this long uh, last rodeo uh, storyline that got a long time. It's really kind of good for Impact to do. And uh, she uh, celebrated that with winning the uh, Knockouts title and have to uh, relinquish title. And we'll talk about more about that around April. Uh, Frankie Kazarian, a big con, former of uh, WWE, <laughs> signed boy, big con and Snitsky, both two guys I didn't expect back in the rest hey, of the Hey, is he Snitsky? Snitsky yeah. back overall? <laughs> no, no, yeah, right. Now he's uh, he's in MLW. That's what he's doing, uh, his thing. Okay. Crazy stuff. And then, uh, yes, Frankie Kazarian, big con, signed the multi year deals. Uh, Bound for Glory and two other event weekends uh, were announced as Hank to Chicago. Uh, Santino Morella, Dirty Dango signed contracts. Everything old is new again. Tasha Steele getting time away from impact wrestling, take care of some business for her. And then uh, no surrender uh, company's uh, February uh, event streaming special taking shape at that point, Josh Alexander, rich Swan signed for a title match, Mickey James and Masha Slamovich title match set for uh, that show. So thoughts about any or any of that. Uh, so, so with the, the, this is a touch on, but bro, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing about the lie. Like I, I know a lot of people are not, uh, not the biggest fan as a Booker T. That motherfucker is hilarious. I don't care what nobody <laughs> say. That is that is one of my favorite commentators in pro wrestling. Like, he is hilarious, but like his signature catch. I I always enjoy watching. Uh, not, I enjoy watching all wrestling products, but bro, like it's, it's, but Booker T's commentary makes NXT like very uh very very funny for me. Like I always enjoy listening to what he's like crazy stuff that he got to say. All his catchphrases. Uh, like again, uh, Jenny. I know this. She announced her retirement, but her, her, her retirement was more so in line with like, uh, I think it was like concussion related issues. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to like, you know, link, link, make the, the, you know, the comment that we were just talking about, about like how wrestlers, like how, you know, that concussion stuff is very, very serious. So like, I'm, one would think that maybe one day she'll want to come back, but you, you know, you never know with that, uh, those type of serious things. Tyler Bate uh, being a developmental for like seven years now, they had to do a development since he was like 18. I think it might be time, Josh, to... <laughs> All them up uh, instead of having sitting at a performance center, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, impact. Yeah, Mickey James, Jordan Grace. Um, yeah, uh, I'm looking at this. That, that Josh Alexander Richwan match was well, was really good. I remember that no surrender. I got try to keep track of like my um, favorite matches of the year. That was one of the matches I had uh, got listed on my little notes thing. I I really liked that match that they had. Uh, Masha Slamovich. She's having a great year. Mm. She's having an excellent year. Like she's going to be um. Uh, in in December, she's gonna be going over to uh WXW because they she's the she just won the WXW women's title and they're gonna be unifying their men's world title and the women's world title to just have one singular title that both men and women will be able to compete for. Yep. And Masha is gonna be defending the title her her title against uh Robert. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but she's gonna be defending the title against him. And I would assume that she's probably gonna be the first holder of that unified championship which is not a bad call at all like Masha's going great and then she's going to be in Tokyo Joshi Pro not too long after that competing for their main title the princess of princess title against me and Masha so like she Masha's had she's the impact knockout tag team champion with Killer Kelly but Masha she's having like an excellent excellent year like that, that's one of my favorite uh wrestlers to watch I always enjoy watching Masha Slamovich when I can catch her so yeah that's a yeah that, that's all I got for 
that any, any thoughts about Frank Kazarian and Big Con signing uh, multi-year deals, man? No, <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. It, uh, they're signings they have because I, I have more to talk about with Japan. A couple things Japan, yeah, happened. Uh, let's get into this. We had uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17, uh, Kenny Omega winning the IWGP United States title with a, a big win over Kanger. I almost said Kevin Osprey, Will Osprey, Kevin Osprey. Where'd that come from? <laughs> Will Osprey, and uh, yeah, that was a tremendous match and uh, one we'd see. A rematch later on in the year, and I'm sure we'll see a third one uh, someday soon. Okada defeating Jay White to win the IWGP World Championship again. Uh, Sasha Banks, we just talked about her, the new Mercedes Monet, making her New Japan debut at Wrestle Kingdom 17, confronted Kyrie Banks uh, earlier uh, in the day, I believe, or my bad. This is kind of yeah. the worst kept yeah. secret that she was going to be debuting, right? Yeah. Um, thanking WWE, Vince McMahon, Triple H, the show. We later learned that the Kyrie versus uh, Monet uh, NW, uh, New Japan, uh, sorry, IWGP Women's Champion uh, title match was going to be official for uh, Battle in the Valley. Bailey, and, yeah, Bailey and Naomi <laughs> were there to uh, support uh, Mercedes in her, uh, her New Japan debut. Other news, uh, it was a big month for Monet, uh, cast in The Collective, an action thriller film. She filed a trademark for the CEO, uh, launched a PWT store, and then I uh, was learned she trained in Mexico for a month ahead of her new Japan debut. Uh, other things that happened there before we uh, go through this. Uh, Carly Anderson uh, lost his never title. Oh my God. Man, at new Japan. Yeah. At, uh, at Russell King of 17s. He was allowed to, by WWE to go lose the belt. Uh, they cut the show set a viewership record for new Japan world. Uh, during the show, they announced there's going to be an Antonio Noki movie coming out. And then uh, they had a second night, just a few weeks later, in, uh, new Japan versus uh, pro wrestling Noah series. New Japan winning five to four after uh, Tetsuya Naito defeated Kano uh, in the main event there, and then uh, also some uh, some new champions, kind of minor champions, were crowned uh, at uh, New J- at uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17. So yeah, some uh, some title changes I expected there, and then uh, it was reported that Jay White was expected to leave New Japan Pro Wrestling when his contract expired, and he challenged Hikaleo to a loser leaves Japan match at New Japan's New Year Dash. Thoughts about any of that? Yeah, man, that, that that was a, but it's like again, I, I know both of us have said it so many times, but like when you think about some of the stuff that's happened this year, like it's it's very easy to forget that some of these big moments happen. Like, bro, Carl Carl Anderson being get, given the green light by WWE to go uh do do this never title match. It was against Thomas. That was actually a good match too. I was I, I was kind of surprised. I ain't gonna lie uh, to see how good that match was uh, that, that he had at WrestleMania 17 against Thomas. So yeah, that that, that was another one. Um, because myself. Ladies Monet making her big debut for New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom. I guess when you come when they come to New Japan, like what would a what 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 a big way to, to to make your arrival and of course the match with Kyrie that was a great match. And look look fast forward we we'll be all now present day. Josh, guess who's back in WWE? That's right, Kyrie. Yeah, look at that. Right. Ain't that something? Ain't that something, man? <laughs> full, yeah, circle. full circle, full circle. But yeah, the, uh, Omega Osprey match is great. Yeah, and then Jay White after he lost the. Uh, Hikaleo, he he lost to um Eddie Kingston at the the uh the Battle in the Valley show, right? Uh, and, 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 and and that's when he because of the 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 Hikaleo match that was loser leaves Japan, and then I yeah, think the was, match against Eddie, Eddie Eddie Kingston was at uh, Battle in the Valley, yeah, yeah. And it, you you want to know a fun, fun fact? Quick quick plug for 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 your site, Josh. I remember when that challenge was announced on uh. Wrestling Reserve Live. That's I was right. listening to that live show. I was I was covering that uh that interview. I was listening to that, and I was like, "Oh, ain't that something? That's ain't right. that something?" So yeah, there That's you go. Look at that FOW online plug. Look at that. Yeah, we had <laughs> we had no heads up that was uh, that was happening. 
I had no way. No idea. But all of a sudden, it's like, hey, we had news broken on the show. Yeah. So yeah, even, even we got work there. It was good. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got for those uh, specific things. Uh, let's see. You can uh, flip to other big Japan news for the bunch. Shinsuke Nakamura defeating the great, uh, defeating the great Muda at Noah again. More is wild that WWE talent. We just mentioned uh, Carl Anderson and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura were able to appear in Japanese shows in uh, 2020. That was a uh, pretty incredible stuff. Again, uh, change uh, changes there. Of course, this was uh, pre Vince, I guess you could say. So we'll see if that ever yeah. happens again. But Nakamura defeating the great Muda at Noah's uh, the New Year 2023. Uh, Jake Lee and uh, Hiroshi Hase uh, appeared at the show as well. And then Kaiji Mudo, a.k.a. the Great Muda, as part of his uh, never-ending retirement tour, challenging uh, Tetsuya Naito for his uh, February retirement match at the Tokyo Dome. The full card was eventually revealed for that event. We had the Great Muda final bye-bye. Live results, uh, Darby Allen, the Great Muda, and Sting defeated Akira Kushi and uh, Namichi Numera Fuji. And that was a memorable trios match there. So again, the, the Muda's retirement tour eventually did end, but it seemed like it was nonstop with uh, lots of news happening there in January. And to round out uh, the month in Japan, Interpromotional inter All-Star Junior Festival was announced for New Japan World, a uh, pay-per-view coming up uh, in uh, 2023. So we saw that. That was in Philadelphia, I believe. Uh, New Japan announced uh, collision events, not AEW collision, but collision events for both Washington and Philadelphia. They also announced Strong On Demand. They're going to be start doing a rebranding for United States live events. Uh, New Japan president said that Strong will be quote-unquote rebuilt with a focus on quality over quantity. Uh, their weekly TV show in terms of uh, new content and tapings, that ended, so just focusing on the actual uh, pay-per-views and special events that they're doing. Uh, New Year Dash. Okada and Omega teamed up in the main event of the show, defeating Jeff Cobb and Aaron Hanare and the the uh, just four guys at that point stable mm -hmm. formed on New Year Dash and then uh, New Japan revealing their fifth, first anniversary show and dates for the New Japan Cup as well. Full cards for New Beginning in Osaka, Nagoya, and Sapporo as uh, their schedules just keep rolling on and on and on with uh, seemingly endless events every single week. And uh, yeah, thoughts about any of that before we move on to uh, the, the grand finale, the junk drawer. <laughs> So, AJ, do you remember? Uh, did, did you know that uh, eight, that the, the idea was discussed for um, the, the going back to the New Japan thing? Do you do you remember the idea was discussed for for AJ Styles to return to New Japan to attack Roshi Tanahashi? Did you ever uh, hear about that? No, I did not. For, for Carl Anderson, he was um, I I, I guess then this was why they were still with uh, with and they were still with WWE. They had released a um, a podcast. Or the, the the talking shop podcast. Mm. I guess WWE allowed them to like do a new episode, and they they had released this in like June, th this past June, and uh, Carl was talking about how because because they they came back in 2022, right? Yes. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, they came back. The, they came back when Triple H started rehiring people, right? Did I have right, that right? Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. They came back in 2022, and uh, uh Anderson and Gallows had said that there was a planned in place and they had talked to both Triple H and Gato about this like this was like something that was like legitimately going to happen but it was just a logistics like scheduling issue but AJ what happened was AJ was supposed to show up at the 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 New Japan Burning Spirit show he was supposed to attack Hiroshi Tanahashi and help Carl Anderson retain the never open way title but the reason they couldn't get it done was because they, the day the day before they had like a show in like Edmonton and like just logistically they couldn't make that work I in see. terms of like styles being advertised for his WWE date 
and then getting him over to Japan, like it, it, it just didn't work. But that I, I always thought like, that would have been a very interesting thing. AJ Styles making his grand return to to, to New Japan Pro Wrestling that that, that would have been something. But like, uh, yeah, again, we talked about the WWE talents being at outside of the show, uh, outside of the company. Shinsuke, um, you know, being at uh, you know, the, the, the knowing the New Year having this match against Great Muda, which is actually that was like a really good match. Um, and yeah, I, I remember that being a point like when people was like sort of like y'all need to do something with Shinsuke. Like Shinsuke, he so that him being outside the company gave him sort of like a new, new vibe, a new feel. And any any boy back, um, oh, what's the guy's name, man? The the violinist. I cannot remember his name right now. Oh, Josh. Um, uh, uh, I, yeah, I can't Lee, remember. Lee, it's, it's, it's it's Lee something, Lee something. It's it's something Lee. I, I can't I can't remember his name right now. But I remember he brought him back, and that was like a whole the uh whole, whole thing right there. And um. Yeah, man, there's a lot, lot, lot of interesting stuff that happened in Japan through that throughout that month. And I'm looking at the, this particular portion of the list, but yeah, Keiji Muto had his big retirement match, and he had his uh, who who, who did he who who was the uh Monster Hero Chono? <laughs> he had his his official last match on Chono faced them after they uh they had their quick little match after the match right. with Naito. So yeah, that, that that was something right there. Lee England Jr. is who you're thinking about. Lee England Jr. There we go. Look at that overlap with Josh. Look at that. That's right. Look at that. <laughs> All right, let's let's round it up with uh with the junk drawer here. Uh, so Kota Bushi, speaking of Japanese stars, uh, now so he was going to make his GCW debut at both Bloodsport and Spring Break during WrestleMania weekend. Of course, he's the first matches of, of any kind he was going to compete in since uh, suffering that serious uh, shoulder injury in hmm. I think it was it was October of the previous year, or maybe further back than that. I mean, I, I'm yeah. trying to remember the timeline, but it was a but long that, time. That, that was the G1, right? The G1, G1 yes, the G1. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Abril El Patron, just another guy, another guy just never turned, uh, never just go away. Uh, now he's going to be turning to uh, Lucha Libre Triple A, rather. Uh, Negro Casas and Dailies joined Triple A and appealed it, appeared at some TV tapings. Chris Jericho made his PWG debut at the Battle of Los Angeles. Yeah. That was something that happened in 2023. Mm-hmm. Same uh, weekend, Mike Bailey defeated uh, Konosuke Takesha to win the uh, the Bola tournament. Colby Carino announced that he was a free agent after being uh, done with the NWA and uh, end up back there eventually. Fan time <laughs> congratulated Mandy Rose for earning a million dollars in December. So, uh, yeah, for uh, yeah, so she obviously doing really well there. I don't know if she was going to earn that kind of money ever in uh, NXT. Uh, former <laughs> NWF promoter Johnny Powers passed away at 79 years old. GCW War Wrestling were now able to stream uh, El Hijo del Vikingo matches. That was a big thing when you started to work more American Indies. Uh, especially ones like streaming on fight stream on uh, other platforms. You buy them on pay-per-view, but they're like, no, you can't watch the Vikingo matches. And then uh, eventually they were able to work something out. So you can Kevin Nash told people that he or sorry, told police. He had no plans to harm himself after a wellness check. He had mentioned something in a tweet or in a podcast or some Facebook yeah. post, something like that. And there was some concern there, but he was just kind of being, uh, I would say lighthearted, but wrong choice of words he used. And uh, there was some concern there, and he was uh, uh, all uh, A-OK. Kurt Angle said his 11-year-old daughter was uh, saved, saved his life during a drowning scare. That's pretty crazy. Myron yeah. Reed hit free agency after the MLW deal ran out. Uh, the company also released Mads Kruger, and they announced that uh, MLW Underground was going to be relaunching, relaunching as a new series on reels. We'll talk more about that and how that t- tied into WWE <laughs> as uh, time goes along. Uh, NWA all on all access on fight was being phased out. They're going to return to YouTube uh, as a weekly promotion, then on pay-per-view. So uh, they're uh, very strange. Uh, 2023 uh, began 
And John Moxley was announced for OTT Scrapper Mania 7, a show uh, event he'd been trying to do for quite some time, but due to uh, injuries and all types of other stuff, he wasn't able to do it. So they're going to see if they could run that back one more time. Thoughts about any of that? Uh, hey, hey, what have you made of Kota Ibushi being back in the ring? Like, I I, I thought his blood sport thing, thing was good, but like, just seeing him in like AEW, like, I'm, I'm like, eh. Underwhelming. You yeah. Like that? yeah. Yeah. It's it, hard. It's, it's tough. It's, it, there's a, for those people that hadn't really seen him that much, I imagine it's going to be tough for those that people had watched him a lot, but some myself, I hadn't watched like a ton of him before. Yes, it's uh, yes. And, and you have someone coming in, you kind of just there's a reputation there. It's just you know, he's just a guy, and you kind of think of like, are there other again, they have so many talents here, are there other talents they could have in that spot instead? Talk about like the blood mm. guts cage match and and things like that, where they're that you could elevate someone that you have from within rather than try to but that match sucked. The uh, that sucked, you that was like, not good. You didn't like the blood, I did not like the blood, I did not okay. like the blood, but it, it's it's. It's it, I don't like it, it. I mean, and of course, like I I will say that I, I remember uh, Nick Jackson saying that they had they was like short on time, like mm-hmm. so they had to like rush through a lot of things. So I, I'll attribute half to that. Well, I'm, let me not. I'm not gonna say it sucked, but like I I just was not. I did not enjoy that match. Like as, as much as I thought it, as I thought I would, it, it just didn't hit for me like the way that I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was very much more entertained by Bushi like randomly throwing himself into the thumbtacks at the end of the match. Like I don't know why he <laughs> that did that, but he, he decided to do that. And hey, I was very much entertained by that. But the match itself, I was like, I was kind of like, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was like, let me not say it sucked. It, it didn't suck, but it was just I don't. know. I just wasn't feeling it how I thought I was. And uh, yeah, Chris Jericho made his PWG debut, and uh, yeah, that was that, that was something. The whole Jericho Appreciation Society showed up. The whole the whole gang That's showed right. up. Yeah, Kobe. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe Carino, like <laughs> I, I always laugh when you add in the back end part about the comedy. It's like he's back there now, so yeah, there we go. Kobe Carino yeah. back with the NWA. I think he was the the world junior heavyweight champion uh, right now, if I'm not mistaken. I it's and, very, uh, very possible, <laughs> very yeah, possible. And, and I, I remember the Kevin Nash thing, and that that was after his son passed away, right? Like I, like after, after he made very, those comments, that very well could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think unfortunately his son passed away. My condolences, uh, Kevin Adams. Yeah, that, that 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 was again shitty news in a month of news that consisted of you know bad things uh, happening in unfortunate situations and stuff like that. And Myron Reed is in Impact now. Yeah, that like Myron yeah. re- re- reunited with the Rascals. I, I'm, I'm I'm actually really glad to see that Trey McGill. Oh, Trey McGill, he had did an interview earlier this year. He was like he'd been trying to get Myron in it for like so long. And like they they had even pitched for um Marin to come to Impact, I think in twenty either twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one. Like they 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 wanted him there in twenty twenty for the uh the reunion. You remember when Wesley and Zach first left to go mm-hmm. to WWE when they did that? They wanted Marin there for that. Like they tried to, but he was under contract with MOW, and then you know the shit just didn't work out and stuff. But he's there now, and the Rascals are Rascals are, are reunited. And MLW, uh, they they got. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're gonna talk about that in future episodes. It's just, oh, 100. Yeah. Lawsuit, lawsuit with that. But, but, but wait, was this the um? Th- this wasn't the month when this lawsuit first was made public, was it? This was like, oh, January 2020, 2023, or was that January 2022 when that first? That was January 20. Yes, uh, sorry, yeah, it was 22. Yeah, so this is still going on. Okay. So can we talk? God yeah, damn. The, yeah. Jeez, yeah, it's been great. That, that, that one year. 
Yeah, full full yeah, year. Yeah, one, one, one full year. That's crazy. That this thing been going. I, I I've been seeing some of the updates from PW Insider about like the discovery and stuff like that, and so the, it's supposedly supposed to kick off in twenty twenty four. I guess so. I guess we gonna see how that play out. Like I I honestly, bro, like I I don't get like these companies be trying to go at it with WWE legally because I think that WWE just got so much money. Like what they'll do is they'll just keep dragging the shit out until like other companies can't like or, or other uh the the defend or the opposition uh can't like keep up anymore so it just becomes like a, a money situation but they just be like okay we just keep dragging it and dragging it and dragging it and then lawyer fees eventually add up and then the shit just goes away but god that that's normally oh they just pay somebody off like that that's normally what they do but yeah the nwa uh, okay so before we we got to end it off with the nwa so i'm gonna just move it off move it over to john moxley I, he uh he finally did get to make his uh ott debut i think it was yeah. at the ninth anniversary show yeah. that's with trent seven and then be cool too on night two of uh uh ott ninth anniversary so shout out to be cool i never heard of him before so that, that's a hardcore match there we go john moxley 2-0 in ott but nwa josh what what have you made of uh the, this whole ordeal and, and reporting about them doing the cocaine spat ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy and, I, and, and, and that and that affecting their uh the, the reported television deal that could have been in place for uh you know power or the reality tv show that has since been confirmed yeah i think the i'm not surprised that that spot caused an issue uh depending on what the <laughs> the deal was before i thought i i saw it in a clip like every, i think a lot of other people did i'm like what what is this what what like i I was just shocked watching it not like offended but i'm like why i, I must be missing like, the exactly. context of this yeah like right. what, what are we doing here <laughs> what is happening and uh like a fever dream man it was like crazy and then so and i'm whether i, I don't know like so billy corrigan apparently flow he he financed this reality show himself which i think that's probably what cw is the most interested in and probably backdoored his way into getting power on there yeah. somehow i could see the reality show being on cw and then you know, power being on their, their streaming app or something like the whole time, mm -hmm. but it's uh CW hasn't, I mean, they didn't announce anything about it and they were very quick to announce the NXT deal. I don't think the <laughs> NXT deal, I don't think the NXT deal came, came together in like two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. there's some, something of like the, um, you know, the talks intensified when all this NWA stuff happened. I, I don't, I mean, they're two different they're two different, much two different organizations and, and different maturity levels and, and success levels. I can't imagine that they're all of a sudden CW just like did a quick pivot and said, Hey, can we, can we get this property? Right. I think there was, I don't know. There's just something that just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like we're getting the whole story as far from the NWA side in terms of like what is real. And we'll, I mean, we'll find out soon enough, you know, if it, oh, if, yeah. if the deal comes for wish or not, but it's a, uh, uh, I don't know. It's just, just a kind of the, where there's smoke, there's fire thing. And I, I've just, I've wondered about the NWA and, and their long-term uh, survival for a long time, just because they don't have a lot of names. And it just, it's a, it's just a really, really strange how that whole roster is. And I don't know. I, there's just like kind of when there's smoke, there's fire. I just, I just, I don't have a good sense of what's kind of going on there. And I just, I think a lot of the CW stuff is just uh I, I want to say it's something they made up, but I just think maybe we thought it was a little bit bigger deal than um, it actually was in reality. And, you know, sometimes the story is a lot better than the truth. You you, you think Corgan exaggerated when he announced it on Busted Up Radio? Um, or, 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 or maybe he was 
being vague on purpose, I should say. I don't want to say he exaggerated, but maybe yeah, he's being vague on purpose. It could have been a little mix of both, you know. He's a showman, you know. He's a, he's yeah. a performer. He's a he's uh he's a showman, you know. And and I would not be surprised if some of that stuff was just not uh not true. But we're, we're you know, we're gonna figure it out. I don't know why CW would all of a sudden want two two wrestling promotions, but I, I don't um I don't know. It's just something about just it seemed very odd that that out of all the promotions out there, CW taking interest in in the NWA. It just seems like they were really just interested in that reality show and and yes, and then power was a, a throw in. That that's what it feels like to me. That would make the so, most sense. When you said that, I was thinking the same thing. When you was like, he probably like, oh, you guys want this reality show, but hey, we have this other thing too that you can use. How about you take this? Along along with the reality show, that doesn't when you said that that kind of like put two and two together for me as far as like what I probably think uh, happened. But you want to know what's funny? So Camille going into that Sawan pay per view, Camille had did an interview with um uh, Jason Powell, right? Yeah, from from Pro Wrestling and she was asked about the the alleged television deal that was that was on the table. And she like at the time because because this was before obviously before the, the the WWE deal and all and all that stuff came together, and I, I didn't pay any attention to it. I just thought it was like you know just her her being funny or whatever like that. But she said Billy Corgan has said this before about having a television deal, and it wasn't the first time or the second time that he said this. And she uh. was like, so ho- so maybe th- this will happen. Like she used the word like hopefully it, it, it'll happen the television deal and stuff like that. But she was just like, this isn't the first time that he said something like that. And like, again, at the time I didn't pay any attention to it when I was listening to the interview, I was just like, ah, she just being funny, you know, he, ha ha, whatever, like, you know, him. but with this, of course, now being hindsight, I was like, let, let, let me find out Billy Corgan out here, <laughs> out here throwing wolf tickets, man, about, <laughs> about television deals to, to his talents. And, and like, I, I'm with that, like with, her comments now of course with the benefit of hindsight it's like how many people are going to want to stick around you know if he just you know especially with all this stuff becoming public about you know the 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 the, the cocaine spot possibly having something to do with like there may, maybe being some retraction from from uh from from the cw and, and of course you know nxt signed the deal not too long after don't help even even if it's not directly correlated it just don't look good from the grand scheme of things so like that, I, I just find Camille's comments more interesting in the hindsight versus when I initially heard those comments because Billy Corgan probably has told his talents on a several occasions that there was something coming along these lines. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> see how it plays out <laughs> in uh, in the weeks ahead, perhaps uh, by the end of the year. We'll uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, so it, we're we're at the end of our uh, our run here in January. I saw two hours talking everything in January. A lot happened. In January, but for to for to let you go, want to give people a chance to uh, tell. Where can people uh, follow you on social, and where can they hear you and uh, read your words? Floor is yours. Yeah, man, Josh. I, first, first of all, most always appreciate you uh, having me on this show. It's always a good time catching up. I, but what I appreciate the most is that you letting me uh, go on my soapbox. I very much appreciate that. <laughs> yes, that's, that, 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 that's a great thing. But uh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at eighty Thompson underscore underscore. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, uh, getting back into the interview soon, so hopefully I had some up on some new on the channel, uh, and I throw some additional clips on there. The Andrew Thompson interviews YouTube channel, and then of course you check out my written work over at postfesting.com. Uh, a lot of great stuff on on the website from a, a varying uh staff member that varying staff that we have. Uh, podcast 
writing, uh, anything you want. So yeah, go 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 check uh, check out Post Wrestling. And uh, yeah, lastly, thank you again, Josh, for having me on the show, bro. That's been great. And uh, yeah, with that, January 2023 is in the books in the year in review series. And we're on to February 2023 on our next episode. Andrew Thompson, thanks so much. Appreciate you.